Glad to get the extra day off and just a wee bit hanging today, kind of like every Sunday. So, <laughs> um, mm. Monday, well, it's Monday. This is my Sunday, though. <laughs> Sunday for you. Any yeah. more parties with the neighbors? Yeah, I was drinking with them last night again. Nice. <laughs> just gonna be, <laughs> it's just a common thing now, I guess. Yeah, sure, why not? Um, yeah, so I can meet a good weekend. Oh, just uh, a lot more productive than the last one. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> well, not productive at all. But yeah, yeah last last Sunday, I uh, was at work and I like came up with a a lyric came into my head, mm-hmm. and then ended up writing that whole song that day. Then that's it pretty good. Yeah, it's rare that happens, but it was actually probably just because it was like a silly, uh, a silly song and a silly, silly lyric. So I was able to kind of mm. separate from it a little bit and just, um, just do it because the song, the lyric was um, the lyric that came to me was um, "My heart burns for you." Mm. I've I've got indigestion for two, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, exactly." <laughs> I was like, "That's hilarious," yeah. <laughs> and then just end up writing that whole song. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. It's like, as you can, like, this is like, you, you're not taking it too seriously. This is literally just for fun. Yeah, like, whenever, usually when I'm writing, it's like, oh, I've got this, like, thing I need to get across, this, like, um, emotion or whatever. And it's, like, very mm. personal, where this, like, I can't like, separate and just, like, write the song. And it just came out really quickly. Like, any problems I had just very quickly solved themselves. And it was, oh, it's just great. It's nice when something like happens and you're just like, yes. Yeah, it's like it's almost like you have no break in flow. Yeah. Mm. So like that all pretty much wrote the whole song on Sunday and then Monday morning I had like a wee play over it and just the wee last wee things just fell into place and then it was done. So this is going to be the first single for your next EP? <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> because it's really catchy. <laughs> you might have heard it on the stream. Mm. Did you all catch the, all of the stream? I did catch all of the stream, yeah. Uh, I was there for the whole thing. Oh, you were there then? Yeah. I don't know if you remember me telling that story in, during the stream about... I was like, oh, this song's got a, a story. And then that story was just me walking and coming up with a lyric about heartburn. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's been stuck in like me and Kieran's head. And eh, it's just good... good. Catch you good tuning. Yeah. yeah. Happy days. <laughs> yeah. Sure, why not? Yeah. Did you enjoy the stream? I did enjoy the stream. I thought it was good crack. And that's what yeah. I was thinking. Is I thought about it. It was like, say it was probably two thirds in. I was like, oh, I should have posted this on Reddit, actually. Like, you know, it kind of only came to me then. Yeah. It's like, I was like, that was actually probably, it would have been actually a good platform, I reckon, for the time. Because it would have, mm-hmm. you know, you, you would have got some people take a look in anyway. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I didn't think of that either. 
Yeah, we had we had class crack. It was yeah. like, kind of unexpected how much fun we had. Just people chatting to us and like uh yeah, and um Fran was saying that uh, they all like watched it together in Discord. Oh right. So they like they were having their own wee party, chatting to themselves, watching us perform all at the same time. <laughs> oh, that's class. It was yeah. like it's almost like a virtual gig or party, I don't know, like yeah, pretty much. Like they were all just having cans with themselves and yeah, watching the gig, T- tuning in. Oh, I yeah. thought it was good. You could see like how much fun you were having, if you know what I mean. Yeah, we had class crack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we went on for three hours, which was like crazy. Like I was like, oh, we'll probably we'll probably manage two hours. And yeah, then even yeah. when we start, even when we started, I was like, mm, I don't even maybe we won't get two hours, but sure, we'll we'll aim for two hours, and then we end up doing that easily. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, my friend who I won't say his first name, but on YouTube he's called Gimp Toast. I don't know if you know. Oh, him yeah, 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 yeah saying, I do. Yeah, he said he recorded some of their crack in the Discord, so hopefully I'll get some videos up of the from their point of view of the stream as well. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, you can even make a wee music video or something like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so probably put it up on the on the band page, which is Fierce Pit Bosses. If it, anyone doesn't know that. If anyone is looking, <laughs> um, yeah, no, because I enjoyed it. Because fucking who was it that changed their name to like Morrow's right arm? Goes <laughs> <was> Gordon. Yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's just like arms, arms. You better wear the tag down. Just, like, just like abuse, and then fucking just uh, some of the stuff that people were writing in on class. Yeah. So- <laughs> Then someone else had changed her name to the left arm of the, of the forbidden one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Catch, uh, collect all the Morrow cards. Yeah. <laughs> the Morrow Zodiac, I don't know. But um, yeah, it was really good crack. I th- that was a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, we're thinking we might do like a wee... Uh... Well, the Merry Wallopers did a, did a streaming and they did like a wee question an answer kind of stream so I was thinking about doing something like that for the crack too I was thinking yeah. maybe even getting you involved in that but it could be really complicated to do that yeah it might be so a little like, bit well yeah I get what you mean I think, I was thinking like have us three on screen and then you can kind of like ask us questions or something yeah yeah i definitely do that but I yeah. get what you mean if we get out that'd be really handy if we could do it in person but obviously we can't so yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so difficult how to like do it I'm sure, I I'm think, sure it's it's probably not overly complicated, like, but... I yeah, just, uh, I think there I probably is a way to do it, like, because I was using a program called OBS to stream, and it's actually class, like, it, you can do so much with it. Like, we mm. were, that's why we were able to play, like, um, we were able to stream our music videos over the stream and everything. Mm. So like there's, a lot, there's a lot of stuff you can do with it, so there probably is a way if we wanted to make it work, so... um. Yeah, we could do that for the crack. <laughs> yeah, I'd give I'd give that a go. And should I be wearing like a t-shirt that says like what are we at? Or like <laughs> or like a hat and like gloves as well, just complete merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Start making them t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> t-shirts, hat, I'll wear glasses with on it and be like, mm, yeah. I'm not I'm I'm not associated at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, something I want to talk about is like because I'm still like kind of wrecked. Today, I think it is just from performing for three hours. Yeah, <laughs> like I was thinking about it after, and like usually when we play a gig, it's like 20 30 minutes. Uh, 
the longest we played might be 40, 45 minutes, but we did, so we did four times that in one sitting. Yeah. So it was kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, but it was kind of nice because he did the live stream that you can do that, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, it was nice, but I think that's that, that just, like, because there's, um, I found that, found that before, remember a couple of years ago in December, we played a lot of gigs together and I just like, remember someone asking me, was I all right? And I was like, yeah, I'm grand. And I realized after what it was, it was that same thing of just like, whenever you're in performance mode, it's like you have to be switched on and you're like 100% like uh, just doing this thing all the time. And yeah. it's like, it does just take it out of you. It's like, I'm, um, I think I'm probably what you could, could, could call an ambivert. <laughs> yeah. Just like I'm extroverted and introverted, but when I'm, I need to like recharge on my own to like, it's almost like there's this uh, energy that you use up when you're performing and then you have to like slowly accumulate it again to do it again. You know what you mean? And if you don't, it's almost like you can't perform it like a, as I'll call like peak level if you don't get like that time. Like, yeah, it's like, I can still like turn it on, but it's just then when I come on stage, I'm going to be lower than I was probably. Yeah, it's just you can't give it the same kind of amount of energy, sort of, or the same yeah. kind of the same kind of razzmatazz. You just you know you need to <laughs> yeah you need to go back and refill your 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 jazz. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's interesting. Like I was listening to uh, Pete Holmes talk about that. I think it was um, Rivers Cuomo he was talking to on his podcast oh, yeah. on Pete Holmes's podcast, and he was talking about that idea of like when you perform live, you you do exp- uh, like use up this energy but you also get something back and it's like a kind of weird complicated balance that you're doing like he was talking about how he um you know when he hasn't played a a comedy show in a while he gets like kind of antsy and like he needs to do this and it's almost like a it's like therapy when he does it and i totally get that as well because there's times when i can just like get into your head a little bit about like what you're doing like what um how the band's doing and stuff and then you play a good gig and that just all goes away and you're like okay it's grand i'm grand again yeah, so it's, it's like, like a, you're getting rewarded by it but you're also expelling something to do it so it's it's interesting like it's, it's supposed it's kind of like in a way it's like kind of reassurance about it but it's like if you uh if you like if that's how you like define yourself or like what you want to do and then you stop doing it for a while you're just gonna start getting like negative thoughts about the whole thing if you know what i mean or like i'd beat myself up a lot for stuff maybe not doing enough so that yeah. you put like and that there can be a really big kick for you if you don't do anything for ages. You just kind of can kind of go down a slope of just getting in your head more and more. So yeah. you, need to get that, you need to get that out. You kind of start worrying about the other things, like the minutia and all, and you're like, oh, well, we didn't sell that many uh, EPs or whatever, like something stupid mm-hmm. like that. And you just play a good gig, and then you're like, oh, geez, that was class. And yeah. you just forget it. You forget about that other things, and you remember why you're doing it. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, that their thing just doesn't even come into it anymore. Yeah. Speaking of selling EPs, uh, thanks if anyone's listening who bought uh, the the EP on Friday because I know a few people did because uh, Bandcamp waived their fees and we made a hundred percent of the money off it. So uh, wait, what? Yeah, uh, they've done that. That's the second time they've done that now since the whole um, like lockdown and everything. So Bandcamp, Bandcamp usually take, <laughs> uh, it's like 20 to 25% mm. uh, 
of your income because it's like it's free host and everything you can put everything up for free but then they take a wee cut from when yeah from uh, it getting sold which is yeah, yeah. so yeah this, they did this, that on friday where they waived that that fee so we made it we got all the money apart from like a slight um paypal fee which is like a, a euro or two depending oh on yeah no you mean it's like just an electronic transfer yeah yeah. yeah yeah that's class i, I didn't so, know that that's pure so, unreal yeah it's still like 98 percent of the profits which is pretty sweet yeah it's really so nice. thanks <laughs> but yeah it was it was so much fun everyone like chatting and the the, the the chat and all and we got to like like you could just like take it a lot easier to play in a tune and then see what everyone's talking about and then like interact a little bit and then go back and do a tune and it was like yeah we're definitely going to be doing it again i've yeah, actually but... got an idea to do uh some kind of festival soon do uh like a virtual festival yeah Buckfest. So, I'm thinking, uh, what, what do you call it? Buckfest. Just get spelled Buckfest. Buckfest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I've got someone in plan in, or in mind for uh, who I might can't do it through, but uh, basically I think it'd be an easy enough idea because whenever you do it on YouTube, you can get those links in advance. So you can just make a playlist and have like five or six bands on it. And then every time their stream is finished, it'll just automatically go to the next stream in the playlist and we can just like do it that way and like have music all day class that's so, yeah. a that's a that's a really good idea it's kind of just like you know it's that kind of i think was it like last week i mentioned about the whole idea of like sometimes real creativity can come from whenever people are like restrained or like restricted yeah so that's kind of what ha- what's happening here because it's like well I can't play gigs <laughs> outside, yeah, yeah. so I have to figure out how to play gigs inside as much as possible. So, well, how I got onto that was like I was, it was one day there, we, two weeks ago now probably, maybe longer, but it was like really nice weather, and I was out for a walk, and I was like, oh, I'd love to be at a festival, and then I just sort of got got thinking, I was like, oh well, it's not just me that wishes they're at a festival, like so, and I was like, as this starts to extend in the summer, people are going to get more and more like antsy and want to have that urge so if we can give something for people to look forward to and all it's going to help them but it could be it'd be cool as well like because if you did it because then people could be on private their own private discord servers like the guys who did the other night yeah. so if you so if you kind of advertised it like that i've been like watch you know not only just are you here to watch bands it's like you should also try and get your mates to do it and then all is all is join on the same discord like try and like watch parties or zoom parties and all that there carry on yeah because mm. yeah. it is good crack like doing all that shit yeah it is from the safety of your own home where we're not spreading coronavirus <laughs> yeah, yeah this is a good public service announcement <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah that sounds like a class idea you could definitely i'd say because like there's there's you could probably get so many bands to join in because fucking it's not like they're playing gigs anywhere else. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You've yeah, that's so we're going perfect. I think two. I have a stream coming up uh, soon, depending on when you hear this. So just while it's in my head, keep an eye out for two if you want to hear a wee stream soon. I don't know when the date is or anything, but uh, sure, just go and, give them a like. That's T U A T H. And if it's already passed, just go and see if the stream is recorded anywhere. So. Oh yeah, our stream is on YouTube still. If anyone wants to give it a watch, that's good. Um, yeah, that's classy. I really enjoyed your gig. I thought that was unreal. 
Um, it was such a it was such a good idea. It was a good way to. It's a different way to spend my most usual Friday night. If you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I kinda... was just pure jealous. I'm not gonna lie. I did wish it was out drinking with you. It's like it was like this is good <laughs> crack, but like. <laughs> That was kind of the thing. It's like, uh, we don't really have to worry if anything else is on. It's like, people are going to be at home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's not like organizing a gig. It's like, oh, it might clash with something. It's like, what else is everyone going to be at? You just take like a couple of hours out of scrolling Facebook or watching something. Like yeah. That. Anything we've been watching or reading or et cetera? Well, I finally finished Alt Carbon. Can I, oh, yeah. I was super happy. Do you, know, do you know in my flat, do you know where like the window is? Uh, the, in a sitting room, do you remember? It kind of like juts out, like, and it's just a big window. I decided to kind of clean air and put down like cushions and shit, so I just made it into a reading nook. Ah, class. So it gets a while out of like sunlight, so it's just kind of nice. So anyway, I finished Altered Carbon there kinda, yeah, between yesterday and today in about two sittings, and then I've started reading Flow My Tears, the policeman said, by Philip K. Dick. I just finished first chapter in that. And I don't think I'm familiar with that one. Yeah, it's like I've got I about a year or two ago I like went through a wild phase of just buying a whole pile of his books because I quite consistently read them and I just I pick out one. If, usually, what happens is I read a book by Philip K. Dick and then I read like a, a different book or maybe two and then I go back and usually pick one of his because I've mm. been stocked up on a whole pile of his. But it's yeah, it seems quite interesting so far. It's just basically a guy. Who, well, the blurb on the back says it's like a TV personality who's like. You know, most famous guy in the world just essentially wakes up and nobody knows who he is anymore. And we'll just see what happens in some kind of paranoid, delusional way. Yeah, I think I've heard of that um, idea. Yeah, the idea has definitely been done. Maybe you described it before. But um, oh, I watched a video on uh, Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind during the week and it made me really want to watch that again. Yeah, that's a fucking brilliant movie. Yeah. It's just like, it was Wisecrack. I don't know if you watch Wisecrack. Yeah, I would watch that every now and again. Yeah, it's really good. Kind of went into like all the deep ideas about it and everything. It's cool. Yeah, it's, it's, series, it's... They do like a series called Deep or Dumb, but this mm-hmm. video, they didn't really do the dumb part. They just kind of went into the ph- philosophy of it, which is another series they do, which is, so I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they just give it the wrong title. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Which, yeah, I think it's... Did you ever see as well, like, how they made, like, some of the sets and stuff on that? I think I might have. I know I've seen a few different videos on it over the, the years. It's just <laughs> really it's cool. Just one, yeah, it's always just... seems It's, like, endlessly fascinating, that that movie. Just any time... Anything you find out about it, it's just really interesting. I yeah. love... Um, what do you call him as well? Charlie Kaufman? Yeah. Yeah. Charlie Kaufman and Jim Carrey as well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> We were talking about um, Charlie Kaufman, weren't we? Oh, we were talking about um, maybe covering adaptation at some point. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to watch it again. I keep meaning to watch it again. Like... We could do a whole lot and or Charlie Kaufman. Um... With Charlie Kaufman theme? Yeah. <laughs> we could do that. That'd be actually even an interesting idea if we did pick, like, directors and go through directors. Yeah. You, you could go, like, from earliest to latest. Be interesting, mm. or backwards. Watch the uh, <laughs> the progress progression. Yeah, or will I watch it forwards and you watch it backwards, and then <laughs> I'll talk about the last one. You talk about the first one. <laughs> first one. <laughs> 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 
we'll, we'll, we'll act like it's the same, the same movie. Yeah, I was like, I don't remember that part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that is not the same movie. It was in black and white, I'm telling you. No, 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 no. Oh, of course, fucking because Charlie Kaufman is being John Malkovich as well. I fucking love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I knew, I was like, what else has he done? Like, ah, fucking good, I remember. Yeah. He's really interesting. I was reading a good book. I actually ordered it because I had it from the library and I had to give it back. But I ordered it like three weeks ago, maybe more. Mm. <laughs> and it hasn't turned up yet. Oh, Damn, right. you. Damn you. Coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. But it was like, uh, it was on screenwriting and he comes up in it a lot because he talks about how he kind of, um, like he talks about the the structure. It's Sorry, the book is on like, uh, five act story structure mm. and it's about how even like if some movies don't use a, only use a three act structure how that still can be broken into the five act structure and use the, the second act can easily be broken into three acts and he okay. talks about how he doesn't like see the point in using this story structure and all uh, but the guy who wrote the book actually says like um, that, that Charlie Kaufman confuses form with uh, subject and he's like even though his stories are very weird it still follows the structure very closely so even oh. though it, so like they talk about the have you heard of, you know the are you familiar with the hero's journey as well yeah the hero's journey that's the classic yeah. tale so even though like being John Malkovich is a ridiculous premise of going into John Malkovich's head it still follows the hero's journey it's just that, like, say in whatever part in the hero's journey, it's like you go to the new land. That new yeah. land is John Malkovich's head. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's still following the story structure. It's just the what he's uh, talking about is really unusual. Yeah, and that's probably why it works so well. Then, it's like yeah. it, is, it seems very unstructured and kind of over the place, but it's actually yeah, it's so un- it seems it seems so unstructured that even the writer thinks that he is not following the structure, but he is. <laughs> it's like, fuck you, no, I've made this up myself. I'm not... Because <laughs> they reckon that there only is, like, what, like, five or six stories you can really tell or something? Yeah. If I you, like, actually more. break it all down and, like, as you say, different acts and there could be different types of acts and it's like, you know, it can be redemption or you, or there's not. I can't remember. There's, like, different names for them, but... Yeah. There, there's even, like, the difference between... Uh, tragedy and uh what's like the opposite comedy <laughs> no like the, the i know what you mean it's like instead of like a tragic ending if it has like a happy ending yeah even they are the exact same move this this exact same story until the final scene the final act or the final act where oh. the hero it's either the hero fails or the hero succeeds and apart from that it's like you just do everything the same <laughs> yeah. So it's like even so it's just weird as well, like you don't really think about them being the same movie just because but it just it's all the ending. Yeah. Like I always think that like they, a... all, they always climax and like the the hero coming up against the most um like insurmountable odds yet. And either he'll um win against these ridiculous odds and that'll be the it'll become a happy ending or he will fail, which is the inevitable one, or the yeah. the logical one, I suppose, in most cases, because it's like the way the story always progresses, they have to get more and more extreme. 
Yeah, until really they can fail, but then if they just succeed, then it was just that was just a redemption phase with the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think we did we talk about that before in like Marvel movies. Do with about, what? about how Why? they all have the same structure apart from um, apart from Infinity War and Civil War as well. Oh yeah, I suppose. Yeah, they kind of in Civil War the bad guy wins. Yeah. <laughs> a little more black and white, or a little more grey in Civil War. Yeah, uh, yeah. Infinity War is just, but Infinity War essentially is like as you say, it's just that's just the the same movie, but except they fail. Yeah, and then, it, and then it's the next movie. It's pretty much the same movie, but they but they succeed against the yeah. same guy. Still fucking yeah. two amazing movies, like. Yeah. But um, yeah. But I think that's kind of why Civil War succeeds, or not Civil War, Infinity War, because. You're used to this format where, like, oh, things are tough. There's a big battle. Oh, they're going to win. And then they don't. And you're just like, whoa, <laughs> didn't see that coming. <laughs> like, you're so trained yeah. at that point. You've been watching Marvel movies for 10 years and they have the same <laughs> result every time. And then, bam. Yeah. And also, lose. like, that, that entire movie, well, not that, like, a big part of that movie is like Thor fucking, you know, getting new hammer and becoming in his own and getting fucking really strong again. He comes down pure badass and Dukanda and it's like, oh, they're all yeah. fucked now. And then, nope. And it's, <laughs> but he, but he's, but he's the strongest one. <laughs> it's like, yeah. but I remember, I remember I was uh, arguing with somebody about that there before. And I was like, well, yeah, sure, man. I love all the comic book movies. Like, it's like, you know, recomics of two. And he was like, you know, they all end the same. I was like, I know. Yeah. I've seen every single one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like watching each one going like, Hmm. Can't believe you won. I just didn't see that coming. <laughs> That's why you won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I want to see this happen. It's like you don't you don't watch it and be like, can't wait to see Spider-Man fucking die. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know, guys. I know there's a sequel coming, but I think the vulture has them in this one. Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like fuck Spider-Man really just he just got himself out of that didn't he fuck uh, fair play to him like that was hard like fuck it yeah so such a redundant thing to say especially when you consider what we were just talking about how literally yeah. every story is the same <laughs> <laughs> doesn't mean I can't enjoy it yeah but, uh... it's actually why you enjoy it because you have to like for all these things you basically like understand the language of them mm. and then they become rewarding like if you watch something totally avant-garde you're just like what was that and you, like it's really hard to be satisfied by that kind of movie mm. so the, you go to the cinema or whatever to see a, something that's in some way familiar have a decent ending <laughs> like yeah Fuck it, Ian. Some things are just for enjoyment. Like, some, like sometimes yeah. watching stuff is just can be pure enjoyment as well as, you know, some things can be thought-provoking, but some things can just be enjoyable. Those yeah. have to... That's what I think a lot, but that's because I watch all of those movies. Yeah. And we'll continue to watch all those movies. Well, it's like, I say that too. It's like, you don't have to reinvent the wheel every single time. No. And just some of the best wee stories are ones that, are, that don't, or don't even try. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's like sometimes you just have a story set up, and it's like it could be exactly what you want. Then it's like, oh, sweet! It's like that. Like I don't know. I'm just thinking like the Hobbit. I like after like the first act of that story. It's like sweet. He's just going to go on an adventure. That's about. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I find that weird when people are like, um, it's like, gosh, I've seen that coming. It's like, uh, does that matter? 
Yeah, it depends on the movie. Sometimes if it's like, because I like to do that sometimes. But if it's like complicated movies, like I will, I will, I will swear to God, I guessed Fight Club first time I seen it. I guessed Shutter Island the first time I seen it. I guess, but at the same time, people always told me that there was a twist. Yeah. <laughs> if I didn't know, I probably would not have. But yeah. Like, somebody was like, "You'll never guess." A spoiler it. for anyone listening. That is a spoiler. If you tell someone there's a twist in a movie, it's a spoiler, even if you don't yeah. say the twist. Exactly. This is, your, then, this is your final warning. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you now, <laughs> but I, because I feel like I've noticed that. Because sometimes, like then, you know, if you rewatch a movie, sometimes you might see like there's a subtle undertone with the way a character who ends up like yeah. betraying someone says something at the start of the movie. And if you know something like that's going to happen, and you've seen enough movies, like I would feel pretty confident of like that's the way the scene is portrayed. It's like it's him <laughs> or it's yeah. her. It, dep- yeah. it depends how well. Like, there's a couple of things that can depend on that. Like if a movie has a has a twist, and the director or whatever thinks that this twist is way cleverer than it is, and the whole thing of the movie is a twist, and then it doesn't deliver, then like that's shit. Yeah, <laughs> like that's an example of when working out what's going to happen will ruin the movie because there's nothing else to the movie. Yeah. Like, cause like Shutter Island and Fight Club are still good movies, even though you know what's coming. Yeah, yeah I've watched Fight Club countless times. Yeah, same. Yeah, <laughs> so many times. And and it's because there are wee things that lead up to it, and the, and you can go ah, and like the the there there's like um I watched a video on this recently enough. Actually, I wish I could remember who it was. Um, I might have a wee quick Google, see if I can find it. But it was talking about like the um the sort of art of doing a twist. It might have been just right and they might have been they were talking about uh knives out actually, I think. Oh yeah. I think it might have been just right. Let me just check here. Um but anyway. They were talking about the right way to do it is to you have to like have enough information there beforehand so that it's like you're kind of it's almost like you when you, the twist happens, you're like, oh, yeah, of course. Mm. It shouldn't just come out of nowhere. And you're just like, what is this? Because um, then it's like, it's totally unsatisfying. It's like, yeah, it, it has like to the, make sense to you already. It's like the it's joke, <laughs> the joke thing. It's like, oh, it was all a dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was all a dream and none of it ever happened. <laughs> yeah. And so he was safe. But the princess was saved. <laughs> but then that's just like a undercut and everything, and a, a good twist should amplify everything mm. instead of just. But um, do you know what I actually do? I don't know why that they reminded me of, but one of the worst things I ever heard was I read it on Reddit. And it was about like an ask Reddit about um, what was it like being in a coma? And some guy said he just like went into a coma for something only like two days to a week. But in that time, he had managed to get a wife, get married, and have a child in this coma. And whenever is he woke this, up... Is this the lamp story? The lamp story? What's the lamp story? Okay, now go ahead. But apparently he like he was like he was writing it and read it, and he said that he had to go get counseling and all, because he like died in a coma, and he woke up back in real life, and then he found out that these two people didn't actually exist. I was like, 
holy shit, that isn't it. <laughs> but like I always thought, like that's the real life version of he woke up and it was all a dream. Yeah, <laughs> that actually, actually be that actually be a really good movie. Mm-hmm. If you just did this, like um, you do the bullshit ending, but you do it like halfway through the movie. Yeah, and then you have to see with him, and then he wakes up and he's, he's traumatized by this weird experience. Yeah, it's kind of like it's a, horrible. I suppose that's uh, kind of like um, what's that English cop movie? Life on Mars. Sorry, TV show, not movie. TV show. Oh yeah, I haven't seen it, but that's the one where he like goes back in time or something, isn't it? Yeah, he gets hit by a car and then he wakes up back in time, and that's kind of the whole point of like, is it a dream or not? Oh, right, yeah. Is it real or not? Should he get yeah. attacked anyone? <laughs> well, it's like, is he is he actually back in time or is it in his head? Is the kind of weird dilemma kinda... that he can't work out? Mm-hmm. Or is he actually, like, he, he just doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> it's really good, yeah. though. Really, really good. That's the guy from Human Traffic as well, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I've only seen, like, the half first half of that movie. Human Traffic? Yeah. Oh my god, that's fantastic as well. It's such a good movie. Hey? From yeah. what I think, I know I, I just because I can't remember what happened. Oh, I think it's about three quarters way through, but something happened, and you know, sometimes it just happens. So you don't end up get to finish a movie, and then you just end up not going back to it for ages. Yeah. But I just, I just remember yeah, that. It's yeah, hard. it's hard sometimes. With it's like if you don't go back to it right away, it's so hard then. Yeah, but if you had seen the full thing, it would have been easier to go back to it. Yeah. I find that all the time. If I don't watch a movie or if I don't finish a movie, it's like I have to go back to it like like the next morning pretty much. And if not, then forget about it. Yeah, pretty much. It's like and then maybe in like a year when you've sort of forgotten how it went. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so I mentioned the lamp story. Which, oh yeah, sorry, what's I, the I don't know story? if it's I don't know if it's called the lamp story, but that's how I remembered anyway. It's like one of the it's one of those famous uh, Reddit stories. It's like a guy when he was leaving uh, high school or something, one day he got hit. Did he get hit by a football or he got tackled accidentally by a football player or something? And then he like blacked out and he experienced this whole life. And like, like you saw, you said he had a kid and a wife in this uh, other world. And then like he lived in it for years. And then one day he was sitting on his couch and he looked at the lamp in the corner and he was like, that looks weird. He couldn't put his finger on it. It like, had this strange 2D feel to it. It just looked out of the out of place. And he got obsessed with staring at this lamp and his wife would be like, come on, what are you doing? Like, uh, ignore that. Like, yeah. Worried about, you know, this here. And he was like, couldn't do it. He just kept focusing on this lamp. And then after a while, he like woke up and he was just back where he was, just lying on the ground. And like none of this, no time had passed at all. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I think that might have actually been the story. Yeah. This didn't ever know it was called the lamp story, but yeah, it was. It was well, I don't know long. if it's called the lamp story. That's just how I, how you how remember, I remember it. it. Like, yeah. Yeah, but he had a whole life and everything. That's what I could yeah. get over. Like, that's. Oh, because like, because if, if it is the same one as right now, it could have been like another version of it, but it just yeah. seemed like he had to deal with like. He was like, essentially, I had to deal with grief because two people I loved yeah. with had died. He said he they, still, they had, this one, he was, said he still dreams about them and stuff. Yeah, I think it must have been the same one. Yeah, but I just thought that mean? was absolutely mind boggling. Like, yeah, 
I couldn't. Crazy. I would have never even considered that that was possible. If you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm not sure how we got onto that lamp story, but uh, we what did touch that? on a good TV show for people to watch in the meantime. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Have you? Did you watch anything? Any new TV shows this week? Uh, I, oh, I watched the first episodes of Midnight Gospel actually. After you were saying about it. Oh yeah. No, nah, very good. Are you talking into the mic there at the minute? Or? Oh shit! Sorry, now my knee was in the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I watched the first episodes of Midnight Gospel. Eh? I that think was... I still only watched the first one, but yeah. That's very good. The second one deals with death and stuff. I was like, oh, that's nice, pretty, pretty intense. But it's kind of like an animated podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's exactly what the kind of stuff he talks about on on his podcast, like. Whether people yeah. are on his podcast or he's on someone else's, that's just the stuff that he always gets into. But uh, yeah, it's really interesting, really cool. Like, it's pretty cool the way it's done. Like the um, the like the animation style, and all you can kind of you can tell it's Pendleton Moore, like from Adventure Time, and they kind of. Yeah. But I do quite like that. The kind of it's kind of simple, but then they have all of the kind of mad, usually fluid motions and stuff. Yeah, it's simple but pretty like surreal and psychedelic as well. Yeah, very psychedelic. The whole show. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I quite like it, yeah. It's it's interesting. It's kind of like because it's oh, kind of deep topics, but then there's the humor in it is kind of yeah. nice as well. Like it's, but it's very for for them getting into what seems like deep topics. So it's very like a lighthearted show in that way. It kind of balances that quite well. I, I like yeah. it. Like, I was saying, cool. I can't remember what I said to you last week, but I was like when I watched the first episode, I was like, this is the show for stoners. Oh yeah. Because it's just like a stupid cartoon, but with like big, deep philosophical uh, <laughs> kind of questions in it, and then like a, like a joke or like a fart joke or something, yeah. and then like just like get legit, a levity, like. legit, legit stuff. Like I love uh, Duncan Trussell. He's just a, uh, I love the the mind of that man. <laughs> His podcast is really good too. If you're into that, um, Duncan Trussell family are. Mm. Yeah, I must look it up because after watching that show, yeah, I could definitely listen to him. Did Some I, of the way he goes on is... Yeah. Did I talk to you about... Um, I couldn't remember, but it's kind of relevant to stuff we've been talking about before when it comes to, like, Ego as the enemy. Hmm. There's a thing he did, like, with uh, Pete Holmes about Ego. Did I talk to you about that before? I think you might have mentioned it. About, like, um, giving your Ego a prize? Or no, you didn't say about the prize. I thought it was going to be. I imagine this was going to be with like not talking about your work because then you're feeding your ego. No, this was like uh, Pete Holmes like asked him to help him with his ego. So um, <laughs> Duncan Trussell did this like uh, sort of thought experiment, which like you can do and anyone listening can do as well. And the idea of it is you. He described your ego as being this like um, bodyguard who. Um, has protected you during your life and like when you're a kid it was so never like you're a kid and someone like called your name your ego is the thing that was able to be like don't worry about it it's just you know it's a it like protects your the fragility of you I suppose like so like if you didn't have this ego then you might like take that kind of negative stuff on where your ego is enough to be like nah I'm, I'm actually pretty good you follow so far yeah i'm getting it so far don't worry yeah <laughs> um so what you do is if you want to like help um like reduce your ego or like let go of it a little bit is he said you imagine you are this like child and your ego's holding holding you up and it's this big bodyguard and then like you, the ego puts you down 
and then you turn to your ego and you say thank you and you like you can visualize yourself giving it a medal and being like thank you you've done your job now though and i don't need you anymore um i can like it's just like this instead of like thinking of your ego solely as this negative thing it's the idea of thanking it and letting go of it that way because he described it as kind of like it's it's part of you so you shouldn't hate it yeah but it did its job and now you don't need it anymore basically that's this whole thing it's like we don't we at some point we stop needing our ego when we get older and we can just become like everything is a so many things are about like rigid like removing your ego like um uh, meditation, like Buddhist meditations and so many aspects of spirituality. So it, it is this like real thing that like some people say it's like it's how do you how you get enlightened or whatever, but it definitely is tied to your happiness. It is our relationship with our ego. Uh, but I think I can get what you mean. Like but no matter what, you would definitely need that growing up. But that's like you have to learn how to so that's your ego defending to you learn how to deal with these things yourself. I yeah, imagine it, and that's yeah, that's it. Like we get older, we get older. It 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 stops being helpful. It just kind of gets in the way a little bit. Yeah, mm. but like I don't, I don't mind. Like I don't have to worry about that because like I know that there's no one better than me. So yeah, no, I wasn't uh, talking about you. Yeah, no, like I know that I'm definitely the exception to prove the rule here. I don't need to lose my ego whatsoever. <laughs> well, the weird thing is your ego. <laughs> that's not even your ego. That's just you talking now. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like ego i got this <laughs> you've taught you me well needed, yeah you, you i haven't needed you in years to be honest <laughs> <laughs> so no i've been really getting into narcissism recently and uh <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed uh, to just read about it not practice it <laughs> <laughs> Man, theory and practice, I'll do both. It's like <laughs> that would be that'd be that'd be that'd be an interesting thing. I don't know, it's like how long would it take you to be a complete asshole if you started practicing active narcissism? <laughs> Probably, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking um, just what you said there, but like practicing stuff. It kind of I had that thought to do with like stoicism there recently. And about how, like why I kind of realize why it's important to read about these kind of things a lot because you can have these thoughts, um, like you can already be inclined to think a certain way, but if you practice these thoughts or like read up about them and like get them ingrained into you, you do it automatically. Yeah, it's become second nature. It's the same as kind of anything. It's like, it's like learn how to tie your shoes or something. Yeah. But you can, you can train your mind to do the same thing. Yeah, you, it's like, it's ha- it's, I've noticed it happened to me a few times where like, I won't, I won't have to, it's like the difference of between thinking about thinking a certain way and just thinking that way. You know, it's yeah. like my reaction has become automatically way more like relaxed about certain things and it's it's pretty cool. It's easier to deal with. Like I can still get it sometimes. Like I don't like it's to get in bad moods, but I'll always go down the headspin for a while. And sometimes I can catch myself early, and sometimes I can catch myself late. But sometimes you just have to like, oh, like one of the best things always is just like 
I'm feeling this way, but this will pass. Yeah. That's relaxing to know anyway. Even if you're angry, you're fucking sad, you're feeling whatever way. And even though you might still continue to feel that way, it's just kind of, because sometimes you can get so stuck into your head that you feel like, you know, like it's almost like time slows down. You feel like you're stuck this way forever, but you're really not. Yeah. But it's at the time it feels like it can feel like that. It can feel like overwhelming or like, it's like it's surrounding you, but you have to like, and that was a hard thing to learn. And when it's still like, you know, sometimes they can do it faster and some slower, but like, yeah, I tell that to myself. I say that, you know, this does pass. I don't actually feel this way all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I suppose like the way to, the way to get that to happen all the time is that you, you'd have to tell yourself that all the time anyway, even when you're feeling bad. Yeah. That's just where the, which I, that's actually a healthy thing to think. Mm-hmm. If we remind ourselves that everything's passing, we'll value our time way more, which again is stoicism. Mm-hmm. But is that a uh, is that is that a cognitive behavioral therapy thing? What you just said? I think it would have been. I don't know if it's cognitive therapy, but I know I think the last last time I was in counseling was about last. August, last July, August, and I think she was one talking about. And she also told me stuff like grinding. That was more for anxiety, though. Yeah. That's like, you know, like you know, feel your feet and then feel like your toes, and you bring yourself up. That's just to send yourself. Just because even like whenever your head's going whack, if you're lying down in the bed, I find it's like whenever you're drunk, you know, if you're spinning, put your foot in the yeah. grind. Sometimes if you feel really anxious and stuff, and your head's all over the place, if you even put your foot in the grind, because that's genuine grinding. It's just yeah. like a reassuring surface. Yeah, but. I think that there would be because cognitive therapy would be a lot about training your thoughts and training your thoughts. Yeah. Like one of the I'm, most. I'm important- just, I'm just, I'm just thinking because remember uh, we learned before that it, co- co- uh, cognitive behavioral therapy comes from stoicism. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Which, so just which when, makes which makes a lot of sense as well. So just but whenever yeah. you said it, I was like, that sounds like a stoic practice. Like, mm. so it could be. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. No, that's right. Um. I would say yeah, probably is because yeah. a, a lot of cognitive therapy is to do stuff stuff with that, like changing and reacting to it, and just like like I remember one of the best things being told was like you do realize that like you know you have to remember that just naturally because of even hormones in our body or like the way that we eat, where you know you can't be happy all the time, but you're also you're gonna face all of these feelings because that's kind of what happens in your human being. Yeah, <laughs> and you have really to realize like- that they're gonna exist and they're gonna be there so that makes it easier to know right i know that this is gonna happen not that yeah there's a i heard a great i don't i can't remember where i heard it now but it's just like a really helpful phrase of um you're not the voice in your head you're the one listening hmm. oh wow that's really who's who's that i can't remember where i heard it probably some podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a really but good it's, quote it's really helpful if you're like if you if you're having strange thoughts you can get it can become like a like a, a feedback loop of you're like oh why did I think that I shouldn't have thought that whereas if you could yeah. just if you take a step back and it's like that's not me that's just a voice in my head I'm the one that is reacting to it it can yeah, help like, you with that like if you're having intrusive thoughts yeah so I was going to say is intrusive thoughts because like, they're, they're like the scariest thing in the world when you don't yeah. know what they are you're like what because that? why did I think about murdering someone why do exactly. I think, why do I think about raping someone why am I such a bad person like oh then, crap yeah, then you start going down that pathway yeah, and oh, you like, just go down yeah. a spiral, and then, and it's just like the sense of impending doom that just starts to overwhelm your whole body and feeling. That's 
Sounds like as as it goes. I like I didn't. I used. I still would have quite bad intrusive thoughts, but I used to have them way worse before I had like learned at all how to deal with them. Yeah, fucking, they were so terrifying. They caused panic attacks because I had no idea what they were. No idea how to deal with them. It was fucking. Yeah. And then and then you find out what they are, and it's really interesting now to look back on them because if you recognize what they are, it's like really easy to. Well, it's not that's really easy, but you can learn to just brush them off. You know, like sometimes yeah. I'd have a, sometimes I have a bad thought, even stuff like, oh, like, you know, parents are going to die. And it's like, I know they are. Everyone is like, it's, that's just a yeah. thought that's like, it's almost <laughs> like, it's almost like your mind's trying to make you uncomfortable for, for some yeah. reason. <laughs> it's just like, you're having a good day. Do you remember the time you nearly shit yourself in class? <laughs> <laughs> what is that tied to the, um, Call of the Void? In a way. Oh yeah, the um. Well, actually, I know the last cancer saying she was like, she asked me like at the time was it suicidal and said no. She was like um, um, that whole like call it a void and like or like a death wish. That's actually still very common for people, but they reckon that like that's not necessarily maybe tied to thing. It's just kind of a weird. It's it's a phenomenon that like people have. Yeah, it could be like it could it's be like. like it's, it's like an outlet for stress if you're driving, being like, just fucking crash this car right now, like, fuck this. Yeah, for, if people don't know what we're talking about, it's like whenever you're driving and you have an to veer into oncoming traffic, or if you're uh, standing on, up somewhere high and you've got an urge to jump off, that's, yeah. the, the, there's like a French word for it, which translates to call of the void. Mm. Which is um, like it. Basically, the well, the way I understood that is like, it's like you're, whenever you are, for example, standing on a high building, you you automatically know not to jump off, mm. but then your brain like doesn't know understand where that thought came from, so it co- comes up with a opposing thought to make sense of it. It's almost so like you, you have, it's like you have to think, uh, maybe I should jump off this so that it makes sense of the thought going like, no, don't do that. Oh, so so it's like a, like a, re- a reaction to it of being like yeah. this. It's like an an instinctual reaction is to not do that, but it's like it's so instinctual that your brain is like it doesn't make sense of it. Mm. Yeah, so it makes it yeah, it's hard it, it's hard for your brain to comprehend, which is yeah. like kind of why which is what a lot of intrusive thoughts can be, I suppose. As well, which you, I can see. Yeah, I, that's what I was thinking. I was like, like, yeah, it's like everything's going fine, and then you just have like a but remember. <laughs> But, but remember, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. So I wonder, they could be, it wouldn't be said they're linked, but I just know that there's like differences because like the whole kind of death wish thing and the call of the void, I don't think is. Not exactly. Well, wish, not, not exactly, but they would be like, like, that's not like a sign of being like possibly having suicidal thoughts. Like they're different. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, but it could be obviously a segue into them, but yeah, who knows? Who knows? Not me, because I'm not a psychologist. <laughs> well. Um, you mentioned, what was it, the second episode of that Midnight, what's it called? Midnight Broadcast? Midnight Gospel. Midnight Gospel, Midnight Gospel. You said mm-hmm. it talked about uh, death. I watched yeah. uh, Afterlife there. Oh, is that the one with Ricky Gervais? Yeah. I've heard that's quite good, actually. Yeah, so I watched the first, I rewatched the first season whenever I found out that season two was out. Mm. And season one is phenomenal. Brilliant. Really? Yeah, really, really good. Like even the second time around, I like put it on 
um, I think like last Monday night or maybe not a Sunday night and watch two episodes. And then the next day I just watched the rest of it. It's like, so <laughs> it's just that good. It's like, and the first time I watched it, I remember I was like, I think I was like hungover or sick or something. I was just lying in bed and heard about it. And I just watched the six seasons in one go lying in my bed before, before getting out of bed <laughs> last year or whatever <laughs> it came out. It's just like, it's yeah. so you just get sucked in, but it's really good. And again, I noticed some stoic phrases and ideolo- ideologies in there. Oh. Yeah, I, I can definitely, imagine. Man. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely imagine Ricky Gervais being like that, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, but it's just got some really good, like, really wise kind of um, ideas in it mm. for people with like uh, dealing with grief or and, like even feeling suicidal. His character is. You haven't seen it at all. No. Really, really good. Basically, his wife dies, and he is just a big depressed mess, and he doesn't know how to continue on with his life after her life. Oh, I just got it. <laughs> so it's so he's in the afterlife, <laughs> <laughs> which is regular life, but it's yeah. after her life. <laughs> so he, so his his wife's alive. But then why is it called Afterlife now? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, unfortunately, I cannot um, give the season two the same review. I'm oh, sad really? to say. Yeah. But like, was it still good or was it just like not as good or is it? Uh, it just was pointless. It just didn't do anything. Just didn't like, add to it? Like, yeah. If I hadn't rewatched the first season, I might have enjoyed it. Because I might have enjoyed going back to everyone, mm. but uh, my recommendation would be to just watch season one again <laughs> and not bother. <laughs> like it doesn't. By the time it gets to the end, it just is in the same place where it started, pretty much. It like it doesn't. So, have it, so it it doesn't really like achieve anything then. No, and it doesn't have the same emotional heft either. There's mm. like there's cheap emotions whenever like I find myself welling up. Because there's times where Ricky Gervais cries, but sure, like that's because a grown man crying is just the saddest thing in the world. <laughs> I actually remember Freya said something really funny about that before. She said that, like, because especially on nights out and stuff, like women are more likely to like say cry or something. So that people usually get really uncomfortable whenever a man cries because it must be something serious. Yeah, it's because it's so rare. It's because it's built into I, us to like. I think there's just something. Especially with like a a middle aged man or like an older man or something about that, you're just like, oh, yeah, like something something terrible's happened. Yeah, yeah something dreadful or awful has happened. Like it's that's just what I would think. Like I'd get very uncomfortable and be like, what do I do? But like at the end of the first season, I had like tears in my eyes again, and they're they're just way more earned. Mm. And this one, it just felt, I don't know. It doesn't need season two. Like I like even before I watched it, I was like, I don't know how this is going to like add to what it's already done. Yeah, and because it's, it's, it, it didn't. Yeah, <laughs> it's the the first the six episodes of season one are are perfect. Like, hmm. it's one of those shows that probably just did too well in its first season. Then, so it was kind of like yeah, just got renewed. Couldn't say no to the money. Yeah. 
I, w- I do like it because I think it is a lot better, definitely, when at least they have a clear outline of what they're doing. Like, because then things are always tidied up. Yeah. Nicer, and usually they don't go back. Or if they do go back, like, it's only like half the main cast. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of like, um, I remember really hating um, Kick Ass 2. You what? You didn't like it, so you cut yeah, it Yeah, I remember, I remember there was stuff in it that I felt like it, it undermined the first one. Mm. And this, like, this is virgin on that. But then, um, kind of made the ending of the first season feel a bit worse or something. There's, I just know that, like, I kind of preferred the ending in the movie, even though it's like kind of more of the first one. I know definitely more like in a normal Hollywood movie, but the compared to the comic, because uh, like the comic, it's like what he. So in the movie, he admits to the girl that he isn't gay, and he gets her. Isn't it? Okay, I can't remember. Yeah, and in the comic, he admits to the girl that he's gay, and her boyfriend beats him up, and then, <laughs> and then for being gay, no, for for lying, I don't know. But then, right. he, oh, he, he admits has, he isn't gay. Sorry. Yeah, he admits he isn't gay. So yeah, and then he has a wank over a video of her <laughs> giving her boyfriend a blowjob that she sent to him, and it's like. What like that's like that's like I know I know obviously it's kind of an anti comic book and it's supposed to be about a comic book nerd trying to be a superhero and all and it's like that's probably very American teenage boy nerdy but it's just kind of like like I, I thought it was funny at the time but I'm just like what the hell now <laughs> that's, that's kind of Mark Miller's work though like all his stuff he all his his comics which is like fucking Kingsman and Wanted I'm pretty sure as well they're all like very trying to be uh, I don't know edgy I suppose. This was called, just like, reminded me there. Sorry. I watched a really good video by Nerdwriter on the. Uh, is it Mr. Marvel? Mr. Do Marvel. This, do you know this character? Yeah, Mr. Marvel. Like, do you mean like? Well, I'm thinking of Captain Marvel now. Mr. Marvel. Yeah, the story was um, whenever um, Captain Marvel was coming out. Um, there was a law in Britain where they couldn't import uh, American comic books. So yeah. there was a British comic book company that just adapted the the comic. I think they basically just copied the comic and released them as their, under their own publication or whatever. Mm. And then things got complicated because that law got lifted. And then there was also the stuff with Captain Marvel um, and Marvel, I think that must have tied in somewhere as well. Yeah. Did they call him? I think it was Mr. Marvel. I could be wrong. There's also Marvel Man. Maybe it was uh, Marvel Man. Marvel yeah. Man. Yeah. Marvel Man. That's what it was. Yeah. I, think he, I think he got other names then later on. Oh, probably, yeah. I'm trying to think. Yeah, so, so because the, the American comics were being sold in England, that company made turned him into Marvel Man and then continued the story. Mm. And it was like... Instead of being a kid, he was a reporter. And instead of Shazam, he said Kazam or something like something. <laughs> yeah, just something different. <laughs> but then uh, Alan Moore adapted it like years later. Did mm. you know this? Yeah, no, I do know this because I do know Marvel Man. And I actually haven't read it, but I know Alan Moore because then also Neil Gaiman wrote it. Uh, Marvel, uh, Marvel Man as well. Or it became Miracle really? Man answer. I yeah. Miracle Man, that was the other name he had then. Yeah. Yeah, so after, so that was kind of after Alan Moore's time at a certain point. And then I don't know, I can't remember exact years, but then I know Neil Gaiman would have then taken over from him. I, know, I didn't know that part of the story now. 
that would that was whenever he became Markle Man. Yeah, because he would be quite a kind of old school kind of famous one, but it's kind of famous as well because like like Alan Moore probably would have had him in the eighties, which is in one. You know, obviously it's fucking Alan Moore. Like I've yeah, and it was it was before he did his other famous work. Before. It's kind of what he he's kind of what he did. It might have been around the time of him doing like Saga the Swamp thing as well, which he I think that was in the early eighties. Can't remember exactly when, but like they're like so like the Saga the Swamp thing and like Merkleman stuff. I think are all very like critically like very highly rated. They're all like yeah. uh, you know considered classic Alan Moore work. Yeah, and so yeah. that's why a lot it's of so it's a lot of it's what he basically went on to do in um, Watchmen. Then, yeah, it's kind of like the, the proto Watchmen. Yeah, mm, it was like the practice of like trying to take apart uh, comics. Yeah, <laughs> superhero comics. Speaking of Watchmen, did you watch the HBO series? No, actually, that's something I keep meaning to watch. Oh my parents, my, God. my parents watched it, and I said it was fucking fantastic. It is unbelievable. Mm. It's it's so good. And like Damon Lindelof isn't coming back for a second season. He yeah. was like, he was like, no, I've told the story I want. He was like, maybe they will, but like, I'm. Yeah, he's um, basically I, like, he's like, if someone else wants to, they can. But but like, yeah. I told the story I want. That's I think he said something like that. He was like, I told the story I wanted yeah. to tell. There's a great um, HBO have been doing this recently, where they make like companion podcasts. They did it mm. for H for they did it for Chernobyl as well. Oh right. Yeah. So for the. Uh, Watchmen one I think they did did they do Watchmen in like two episodes at a time or something so it was like four episodes mm. eight episode series am I right in saying that I think so sounds right <laughs> <laughs> so it's like uh, they're talking to David Lindelof and they go through the whole process of like the writer's room and everything which is really really good mm. but yeah it's some of the best television I've seen in ages yeah keep me in watching so I do have it all done uh, I do have it all um, because I'll edit that. Well, it's Watchmen, like... <laughs> uh, yes, please, please do edit that. I was gonna, like... Yeah, let's just, uh, just take that. I'll just, I'll just repeat that. Yeah, because I really love Watchmen, like, and uh, I've, you know... So I'm definitely going to watch the TV series. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, I, I want to express how much I love it to you, but I also don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. I know what you mean. But I, I'll just, I'll, I'll repeat what I heard, which didn't spoil it for me, but it did um, sort of accurately prepare me for how good it was going to be. Mm. Someone said that it improves upon the source material. Oh, wow. That's a very big compliment. Yeah. That's a very, very, that's a very bold statement. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you'll agree once you get into it. Because mm. even when watching it, I was like, I don't know what he means by that. But then I did. <laughs> I that's, just, all, I just, that's all I'll say about it until you've watched it. But I, I just know that about the show. Anyway, I do know that there's certain things in there to do with, like, especially with like Hooded Justice and all. But they like show stuff like the Tulsa murders, which people yeah, don't believe. That's how it starts with like a true event, yeah. Yeah, but there. Yeah, but apparently, like every single event in that like show to do with like, uh, I think with like black people getting oppressed is like all real events. <laughs> yeah. Something mad the- like that. Well, yeah, it's um, it, it it's funny like how people were complaining because it was like political, and <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's what Watchmen is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Alan Moore was very political in a lot of his like writing and stuff. Like, what the hell? Like, Jesus Christ, Watchmen is entirely about fucking like 
Nixon Reaganism and fucking yeah, it's all Cold War. Yeah, Cold War, America, uh, super fucking Doctor Manhattan is like the most on the nose metaphor for an atomic bomb if I've ever seen one. <laughs> yeah. He's growing bright blue and can destroy like fucking everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what? just no. It's a superhero story, and then even uh, like a lot of superhero stories aren't political anyway. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that that I got uh, that reminded me as well. Did you watch The Boys? Yes, I did watch the first season of Boys. Yeah. That's class. You know, that's that written by a guy from that comics by written by a guy from Northern Ireland. Oh yeah, yeah, from Hollywood or Hollywood, if I pronounce it in Northern Ireland. Gareth Ennis. He also wrote Preacher, and he you wrote what? wrote Preacher. Did you say? Yeah, Preacher, which also is a TV show. Uh, I've actually been meaning to watch that. Have you? Did you watch that? Yeah, I watched the first season. It was quite good. There's yeah, the, I've heard it's really good. The um, I've read like the first fifty issues of the comic, I think. In the comics, like the Gareth Ennis wrote quite a few comics. They're just like it's really like dark and brutal stuff. But he like there a lot of his stuff was very like very critically acclaimed. It had preacher series. Like it's just it's hilarious, and some of it's just so it's so dark and so funny. Just some stuff in the comics, and of course, is uh, the what his like best friend is like a. Hundred-year-old Irish fire vampire, because <laughs> you know why not? <laughs> but it's it's very serious and dark. But uh, yeah, preacher's really good, and I really enjoyed the first season. I actually keep meaning to watch the second one. Yeah, mm. I've heard very good things. Um, I was recommended to watch uh, Mister In Between. I think that's what it was called. Mister In Between. Yeah, I've heard that. Heard of that? Is that what it was called? Something like that. <laughs> And off to Google to find out. Yeah, there's a friend of mine. He's 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 recommended me that to watch that a couple of times now. But he messaged me recently, just like really emphatically, being like, "You will love this. You have to." <laughs> it's like you'll love it even more than me. I was like, "Okay, <laughs> okay, relax. I'll give it a watch." Is it Australian? Uh, might be. Yeah, I think there's a thing, Mister, in between here. Yeah, it's, it says an Australian black comedy crime drama. <laughs> Yeah. There's another one. What else have I watched? Uh, I think that was it actually this week. I uh, rewatched some of Community there. Oh, I haven't. We I must have seen that soon. I've never actually finished Community though, because I think it's a. Is it the fourth season? It's a bad season, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I got I got halfway through and they did like a musical puppet episode, and I just. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't take it. <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to watch the fourth episode because they just retcon it in season five and they call it the gas leak year. Yeah, I, that's what I keep meaning to do because I, I do know that. But it's one of those things like, I'd, be, I'd be pretty thrown of being like, no, I will watch I it know. all. And then I was yeah, like, the, <laughs> the first time I watched it, I did just watch the season just to get through it just because I didn't want to miss out on anything. Yeah. But then when I rewatched it, like last, whenever the last time I rewatched it was, probably last year or the year before. I did just skip it, and you don't miss anything. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's what I've heard. That they but just, I didn't watch. But, I didn't watch the last season of my rewatch. So when I rewatch it, I watch one, two, three, and five. Yeah. Season six was. I don't think I even finished season six the first time around. I think I gave up. <laughs> oh wow! But season five does get good again. But it's mm-hmm. also the season that um, Troy Chagas Gambino leaves. Yeah, Donald Glover. <laughs> Donald Glover. <laughs> Too many names. Yeah. 
Did you know it's apparently it's been funny been funnier if his rap name was just Troy. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know he apparently whenever he was first doing stand up like sending gigs, he used to write his name as Don Don Glover. But uh, he stopped doing that because he realized it was Don Glover. <laughs> uh, I feel like I would have doubled down on that. <laughs> if you're doing if you're a stand up comedian as well, like it like it works. Yeah. Written down at Onward. I watched that at some point. Onward. Oh, is that the one with Tom Holland and Chris Pratt, the animated one? Yeah. yeah is it any good? Yeah, actually, I really liked it. Oh, it's that's it's Pixar, is it? Yeah. Yeah, I must give that a watch actually, because watch everything Pixar. Because I am an adult, and that makes me happy. Yeah. When whenever it all works out, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> sometimes I, I want it to just. I'll twerk out and never really be that scary. <laughs> I I heard a, a um a review of it and it's pretty much the same um review I would give that it's like it's not amazing but the like the sort of climax is really rewarding. Like it's kinda mm-hmm. it's not like it's pretty good the whole time. It's Pixar, you know, it's very competently made, but it's like not the best Pixar movie ever. But then yeah. towards the end, it just it does give you that big emotional. Oh. <laughs> it's yeah. very satisfying. Then yeah, and you're like really rooting for the character, like you're like, thank yes, it happened. I knew it was gonna happen. Yeah, I'm really glad like, it happened. <laughs> very um, yeah, it's just really good. So if you're wa- if you do decide to watch it and you're not feeling it, just stick around for the end because it's worth it. Mm. That's my review. That's, re- <laughs> That's my review. Stick around for the just, end. <laughs> just bloody go watch it, would you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'd say I'll give it a watch at some point, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think there's anything else. I think anything else I watched. Just kind of. Yeah. Be... I, yeah, I didn't get around to watching much this week. I was busy with setting up a stream and stuff like that. I was kind of. That's all I was really worrying about. Yeah, busy week in other words. Yeah. Um I did much. I just um no, just still listening to Off to Be the Wizard and just gonna haven't really listened to much else this week, I don't think. I'm eventually gonna start Null States. I was listening to some HP Lovecraft as well, because Oh yeah. You know, just to be just just to be passively racist. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, so what we're supposed to talk about um, quantum entanglement in many worlds and all that. Hmm. That was one of the things we brought up last week to talk about. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the multiverse. Yeah. Schrodinger's cat. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Schrodinger himself, who ended up with like an Irish passport and like a wife, and then he tried to get let his wife um, let him move a girlfriend in, and she was like, no, and he's like, oh. Come on, like just yeah. you're, you're on about that uh, last week. Yeah. So I actually got a I got a, an app here um, called Universe Split. Have you heard of this? No. So um, have you got any uh, decisions you you can't seem to make your mind up on? Hmm. Yeah, you got oh, one. Oh, 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 have I got one? Sorry, if you've got one, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure I probably do. Let me think about one. Anything that you just can't, like anything that you could solve it by flipping a coin, but instead we'll use this. Basically, we can put in two options and we'll get an answer. 
Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think. Because I was thinking it would be uh, kind of two options thing. So I'm trying to think of something. What would it be? All right, then how about this? It could be like, because should I get up and try and exercise tomorrow or should I get up and try and read tomorrow? Okay. Even, so though, I'll probably, even though I'll probably do both, but I just that's one example I can think of. <laughs> I'll try to do both. <laughs> anyway. So exercise tomorrow or read tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, so I've got two options in, and there's a button here that says split. Mm. Split it. I'm hitting it. It says splitting. You got exercise tomorrow. Oof. So what happened there was um, this app. Hang on if I can get back to the fucking. Oh, here we go. So what happens is universe split follows Hugh Everett's interpretation of quantum measurement problem. The position of electrons, small particles that surround an atom behave differently when observed at the moment of observation. At the moment, sorry, at the moment of observation, Hugh Everett suggests that the electron doesn't decide to be in any particular place. Instead, the universe splits into multiple instances of a possible of all possible positions. Hmm. So how this works is after you click split it, a call is made to a research lab that is a ready quantum measurement device. The device works by sending a photon through a semi-reflective mirror such that 50% of the time the photon goes straight through, 50% of the time it is reflected off. Actually, I don't think that's the right definition. I think according to the theory that is that the 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 photon will go both directions 100% of the time. Hmm. But we only find out. But what happens was, so, so according to the theory, you send this photon through and it'll be in both positions. But then what we find from measuring it, that it's actually in one or the other. Yeah. So, so by arbitrary assigning your options, either a reflection or a straight pass, you can effectively determine which universe you're living in. So that means if you don't, you have to exercise tomorrow because in the other universe that we just created, you'll be reading. So I have to do that tomorrow. Yeah, or else you will cause the universe to end. Sorry about that. Because that's the universe. Well, that I'm, so- I'm sorry, everyone, because now that I've been told I need to exercise tomorrow, I'm having one of those moments of, I'm not going <laughs> to. Well, I'm sure you, the you in the other universe is doing the same thing. Yeah, damn it, that, <laughs> that, that, that clever bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but what if I just do nothing? <laughs> it's like that's that's what he's gonna do. Fuck, bastard's always one step ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so basing your decision on the quantum measurement hypothetically allows you to split all of your options across universes. You still only you will still only be aware of living in a single one of these universes while simultaneously existing in the other the other ones. So I stole that little uh, experiment from. <laughs> um, What's that? What podcast called? Uh, this American Life. They oh, did right. that to start an episode. They did on quantum mechanics, and I just thought it'd be fun to do the same thing. Oh yeah. So, uh, listen to that episode, everyone. Well, they did it slightly different. They did. They didn't do it about the idea. They just did it on. They did three stories, kind of on the rough idea of like there being parallel universes. Mm. I think we are going to try and explain all that shit I was just talking about. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so thankfully, I listened to a podcast today to use an episode of Ologies. Did you ever listen to that? No. I might, have, I might have brought it up before. It's like Ologies as in like biology, you know, like... Oh, yeah, psychology or like... Yeah, yeah. Kind of so ology? Every episode, she gets a different ologist. 
like a, no, a specific right. so i listened to the one i listened to it before but i re-listened to it it's called a uh, quantum ontology mm. which goes into all this here kind of stuff and even though i'd listened to it before listening today i was still kind of like what <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like one of those ones i probably i could probably listen to it in a week time again so it'll be like ah. <laughs> mm. yeah because if you get um, if you get into all this here stuff like you can get so mad and some of the concepts are just incredible and just it's so like hard to, hard to understand. Because I know there's like there can be like theoretical like mathematics and stuff, of course, like that. But yeah, if you well, have the inf- oh sorry, you can go first. Well, I was just gonna say like the whole field is like the quantum ontology. We're just gonna try and stick to the idea behind there being uh, multiple infinite universes. Try and mm. which I'm sure some people have heard before. Um, yeah, the multiverse theory. Multiverse, if you- yeah. If you've seen Endgame, <laughs> it's yeah. actually probably the or most popular. Rick and Morty. Yeah, that's true. It's Rick and Morty, and a lot of Phil K. Dick stuff kind of deals with that sort of thing. Yeah, um, I'd say the I'd say the easiest pop culture kind of reference is probably Rick and Morty these days, isn't it? Yeah, it'd be Rick and Morty because yeah. because that's because every episode is simply about that. Really, the, you know, yeah. I don't say every episode they go into a different universe of some sort. Yeah, like there was an episode in the most recent season where they keep jumping universes and everything's Hitler or everything, everyone's Nazi. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you brought up Schrodinger. He was the one that um, came up with the idea that particles behave as waves until they are observed. Right? Yeah. So that was that was the start of it. So in the podcast, as of the day, the way they described it was like um, to per, to measure um, where a particle is in three D space, you need an infinite amount of data, like dots on a graph. And when you when you graph all those, it becomes a wave. But mm. when you observe it, that waveform collapses and it becomes a particle again. Yeah. So. Then he came up with the Schrodinger's cat experiment, which is the idea that you have. So basically, oh, there's the idea of superposition. I need to talk about that first, don't I? Mm. Where it says that. So, okay, it's been a while since I did science, but around <laughs> around atoms there are subatomic particles, mm-hmm. and they. Basically, superposition means that they are in different places around that atom until you look at it and see exactly where it is. Yeah. So the superposition means it's theoretically in all of those positions. Mm. And then for the Schrodinger's cat, okay, it's starting to get complicated. <laughs> yeah, it's because it's all like it's because all like quantum physics and stuff like that. Like, yeah, as you're saying, you haven't done science in a while. Realistically, I probably should have been saying this stuff. <laughs> Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you'll jump in whenever I go off the, off the rails. Uh, I'm gonna have to think. I haven't done. I'm more of a chemist, but us. Yeah. <laughs> so, in the Schrodinger's cat, you have a particle. In you have a re- radioactive particle that can decay at any given time, mm. and then you have a detector in there that detects radiation and when that detector detects radiation it will break a vial of poison and kill the cat that is in the box 
So how this comes together is the superposition. If the particle can be decayed or not decayed at the same time, then the cat becomes entangled in that because its life depends on whether it is in one position or the other. Yeah. So basically, if you're saying that the particle exists in two different positions, then that means the cat, because it's entangled, is also alive and dead, which is impossible. Yeah, but then also, if you were to, like, if this cat is in a box, if you were to open the box and you observe the cat and you see whether it is alive or dead, then you've also collapsed the function. Yeah. So, the but the re, that's where, that's how it starts, the whole, like, thing starts to make less sense because, like, if you open the box and the cat's dead, dead then it was dead or dying in the moments before you opened the box. It wasn't, a, like... And then if the if the cat is alive, then it wasn't dead before you open the box or less alive. Yeah. So that's where the the theory. Well, it's not even theory. It's real. It's real that this happens to subatomic particles, but it mm. can't be. Um, the cat can't be half dead or half alive. Yeah. It's it's and just like we did. So you, I quantum entangled you <laughs> using that app. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, and then the idea is that like all these decisions, so, oh sorry, go back to Hugh Everett who was brought up in the description of that app. Mm. He, do you know how he came up with his idea? No. Um. So I think Schrodinger came up with his thing in the 20, 1920s and then yeah. Hugh Everett in the 1950s was having a drunken argument with a fellow student, I think it was. <laughs> and so that he said, oh, maybe it's Schrodinger just all the time. So what he was, that's what his thing was. Um, the cat is alive and dead at the same time, but it's just in two different dimensions. And we're yeah. in one and they're, then they're in another. So that's how he explained it being both, because it can't be simultaneously both. So he explained it by saying the universe splits into another universe, which we're not aware of where the opposite is happening. And that's yeah. why that makes sense. But then you can play that out and that there like, can go on and on. Hmm. From for every single action you do, it becomes like, everything you do. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the thing like, if you um, say if say if that um, particle is likely to um, decay with it in like around half an hour's time, mm-hmm. that means if you open the box around 50 minutes time, then the cat is more likely to be alive. So then that complicates things further. So there's like different uh, probabilities and all this here. Yeah. Different, like it's not just 50, it stops being 50 50, it could become other options and all this year. And it's like, yeah, yeah, but it's really interesting. I always like did love the idea of like alternate dimensions or like kind of yeah. like multiverse because of that, and like with an infinite possibility. But this is like what I remember hearing before about like the idea of like alternate dimensions and alternate realities. And like, say, th- and there's a guy, I think it was called like he's a theoretical mathematician or something like that, but. He was on about that because if there's an infinite number of realities and then each one of these realities has their own infinite possibility of numbers existing, but then some realities, although they could have infinite numbers, have less infinite numbers than other realities, which is a very confusing statement that I still don't really <laughs> understand. <laughs> but uh, he was going and- on, he was all going on about that, like, because each, reali- each reality, you could almost say that because whenever you 
if whenever you split and you create the new, that that's almost it's following the same set of rules, but it's a new set of rules sort of for that. And as they verge off onto different paths, they're kind of they're they're following their own path, and then that's how things can change. It was it got very confusing, but I remember hearing about it. Like, I remember I was watching something about it. I was talking to somebody about it. I was like, this is just fucking wild. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, there's I mean, a. There's a, I like there. I remember like reading somewhere, someone is like, oh, if there's an infinite amount of reality, if the infinite multiple dimensions or infinite dimensions exist, then that means that there's a reality where they don't. Yeah. Which isn't how it works. Yeah. <laughs> infinite infinite realities doesn't mean infinite outcomes. Like you mm. could t- we could technically have infinite realities, but they're all this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every single different dimension is all exactly like this. Yeah. So it's, it's fun to think about it that way. It's like, oh, yeah, informalities do exist, but it's just this one over and over yeah. and over again. <laughs> yeah, in many different ways. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, I like to think about that in like, uh, so like, um, if there are infinite realities, does that like, uh, the way I like to think about it then, that means the one that we're currently experiencing is the is the best outcome. Not for any reason, uh, just because it's like a nice way to think about it. It's like, oh, you're probably doing worse than all the other outcomes. Because like, yeah. how, do you, how do you just, how does like, how does it decide which one you're experiencing? It? Mm. But then maybe, I come... the one, maybe you automatically experience the one that you do best in. Like everyone, every individual is in the reality that has the best outcome for them. Maybe it's just wishful that's thinking. A, yeah, that's a nice way to look at it. But then maybe, then you can also go with it. Maybe the people that are having the worst outcomes in this are having the best outcomes. Well, they well, I suppose they have to somewhere else. Yeah, they're but, experience, They're having a better one than some other one. Yeah, that bastard getting everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really interesting. Just, like I know, like when I would talk to me about stuff like that when I was younger, but like I suppose like a lot of that stuff's like I love this study some of that stuff i didn't like so physics would probably be what i was least good at science wise yeah that's the thing. so but a lot of it's really interesting now when i was just more of a like into i was just better at biology and chemistry yeah unfortunately <laughs> yeah i was too but like theoretical physics is just where it gets wild like yeah it's class <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so out there like it's yeah. like whenever it's like so whenever it becomes really, really massive, weird ideas that just don't even seem doesn't seem like they should be involved with like science. <laughs> yeah, it's weird too. Like, just the like the multi or multi universe thing might not be true, mm. but the thing is that particle thing is true. Like that's such a weird, unexplainable thing that well, we haven't explained it yet anyway. Mm. So like, it kind of it lets you go down this path of like, what if there's internet realities? Because so many crazy things do happen. Like the laws of physics are wild. Yeah. <laughs> so it could be true. And that's just like, it's, yeah, it's just fun to like, but like I always, in that. In that. But that, like, I always think like one of the absolutely maddest concepts I will still always get is uh, the whole time dilation thing like i still fucking find it unbelievable that you know the closer you go to uh the speed of light like so molecules move differently and they're affected by time differently so you know like that whole thing if you travel at like close to speed of light 
uh, or like th- or like through space and like the whole thing about wormholes is that like you can time will pass for you that could be like four months and it's been like 50 years here or something yeah. like i still find that one of the most insane concepts yeah, that's that another ever. thing that is real like yeah if you, if you it's, were it's, if you were on top of mount everest time would be traveling a different way because you are further away from the core and therefore rotating faster like things like that it's just like yeah what? But yeah, but like that's real. Like that sounds like these things, that yeah, sounds these like things. science fiction. Like, <laughs> but that's that's how it works because yeah. we think the thing we think is um, the same is not. It's because space and time are intertwined. Yeah, but we think uh, time should be this constant, and we discovered it isn't, which is just crazy. I know, and then I always I always love was it that like you know I can't remember was it Einstein's one of Einstein's theories was proved. After he died, I think was, the most famous one is relativity, but I can't remember now. But he, the whole reason was is that oh yeah, he, there was like other ones to do with like oh he predicted that we'd find particles too, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. He predicted we'd find particles, but he 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 had an equation and he had like or or what did I say? Their formula or either way, he the reason he got it wrong is because he took the universe as being static, but because it's constantly expanding, um. And because whenever you, it, it turns out he was right, it was just at the time that we just didn't have the instruments to say that he yeah. was right. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, get, oh, it's fucking insane shit like that. Yeah, it's crazy. Man. Oh. Good, old, good old quantum physics. And then... Yeah, it's madness. Yeah, no, it's just madness. <laughs> I don't think there's any good uh, stories. Is there any good stories? To do with multi worlds, or do you mean like in real life, or <laughs> no? I just mean like any good sci-fi stuff that ties into that. Good sci-fi stuff. Oh, there definitely would be. Um, Ubik, have you read Ubik by Philip K. Dick? No. Uh, that would definitely be one of those things because, like, time is like. Oh, it's that's very good, but that's very much so that like. And it like people can be stored at like half life, and then sort there can be sort of in like a communal, almost like afterlife place. But then this guy goes in, but like a lot of that story is very good. But it's like um, him, like it's like the guy goes through, and like time keeps changing, and like he had like Ubik is a bottle or a spray, and then as he goes on, it becomes like uh, something in a jar, and then it becomes like you know just ingredients, sort of a thing. But it's that's very good alternate kind of realities tale. And then what else would be alternate? Not two androids. It's definitely another one. I definitely know something. I feel like that's a very hard concept to do though. Yeah, I had an idea like that that thing I was saying to you about um like it being your best reality, I had an idea to try and make that into a story and I was trying to like I don't know, trying to work out how to do it. Yeah. Like maybe where a, a guy would end up in in his best reality, like you know he'd end up in another reality where he's doing really well or something. Mm. And it'd be this like conflict where there's two the people in the same reality or something. It's like trying to. I mean, I've, I said that in a previous podcast where I was like trying. I'm trying to like when I have these weird little thoughts, it's like oh, try and process them and through a story to see what happens. Mm, yeah, like because I know I keep, like had a story idea ages ago of like the idea of. Pretty much my idea of just, it was kind of like the adventure of like, what if, say, what if, say, this guy, for some reason, we find out that whenever he sleeps, 
like he just he like he wakes up on like a different reality but it starts off very subtle because if you take realities instead of like because there's maybe like an idea that you know atoms like electrons floating around them like empty space like what if that empty space wasn't empty space but there are just atoms vibrating at a different frequency that we can't detect and so essentially whenever he falls asleep his molecules just he for some reason vibrates at a different wavelength and he ends up in a new reality but as he does it every other version of himself does it so they end up passing through each reality but what i was thinking about mm. it inst- instead of everything going around like what if they were like links in a chain so it starts off with very subtle changes you know he comes home and like they say his dog's a different color you know very simple like that but then they can yeah. go to some some very drastic changes like it's like the idea of like him like waking up in like a war zone what would that be like but he, he can't like it was just kind of i was just kind of thought it'd be interesting that way because then i also thought that if he came because you could just pull, you could just pull it like he meets like a what it looks like to be like an older version of himself, but he's not an older version of himself. He's just like more well traveled at like a nexus mm-hmm. of realities, and he's like, oh, you can you can get home. What it is is that we're vibrating on a different every time we go to sleep, our molecules vibrate a different wavelength, and we end up in a new reality. And then that kind of whole point is like that's the kind of explanation of the story. But then it's like, or at least that's what makes sense in this reality. <laughs> you know, like yeah. yeah, that's that's what makes sense. That's what I know. <laughs> Fucking, I could be completely kinda, wrong. You like, kind of reminded me of um, when you're talking about the vibration uh, about tunneling. Have you heard of this? It's like uh, a, quantum, no. a quantum thing that happens. And they're talking about in the podcast again. The way they said it was like if you put your hand on the table, mm. it's not going to go anywhere because it's solid. But there is a probability that it will go through that solid table. Uh, but oh, because yeah. it's a big a big thing, it, the probability is low, basically zero. Mm. But when it comes to quantum um, particles, they it happens all the time. They constantly are going through solid, traveling through solid things. Mm. And it's like one of the reasons that the sun is able to shine is through this quantum um, event or whatever you want to call it. Mm. That's, um, that's quantum tunneling. I actually yeah. have heard of that now that you said it. Just saying that looks smart, I'm doing. Have you heard of the Mandela effect? Uh, yeah, the Mandela effect. I've definitely heard of that. Hold on. What is that again? So this is the theory that um, I remembered it whenever I was uh, thinking about this um, many oh, words theory. Mm. The way I remembered it was like, I remember just hearing about the Bernstein Bears. This is one of them. Mm. It's like everyone collectively remembers the Bernstein bear or the Bernstein bears as being spelled Bernstein S T E I N, but yeah. then someone discovered that it's spelled A I N, and everyone like the internet. It's a internet phenomenon. Yeah, and everyone oh. collectively is like, "What the hell?" Like, when did it change so, your name? So basically, the idea is that like um, we're there was a at some point we switched universes into one where. Um, the, this minor detail changed and that's why everyone collectively remembers the same thing which isn't which when you look it up appears to be untrue yeah which is I guess just tell you how or essentially false memories or kind yeah. of well that's the the real the proper theory yeah yeah but I get what you mean yeah but that's what it is is that so it's that because our realities somehow got entangled themselves or some of it seeped over from one another but then if you go for the quantum tunneling and if all the time these molecules go through each other, who's to say that they didn't pass through each other? Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some big thoughts for you, huh? There's like, also... Oh, we're there's melting. Also, <laughs> there's also an idea 
of um it's to do with a simulation so like um a glitch in the code then yeah it's like someone <laughs> accidentally deleted something and that's why we can't like find it or whatever fucking interns first day in the job <laughs> uh, yeah i was like, so i thought I it'd be i thought it'd be fun to go through um some of the Mandela effects and see if they see if, if they like resonate with us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll do that. So I got a list here of 40 Mandela effect examples that will blow your mind. Unreal. So, so where it gets his name from is Nelson Mandela's death. And it's like people distinctly remember him dying in prison in the eighties. Yeah. It's like, that did not happen. <laughs> he got yeah. out of prison to become the president. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I people like have the same shared memory of like the scene as remember his wife giving like a heartfelt speech and all this here and I yeah. was wondering about this because I like I remember having some kind of memory of this when I was young like in the 90s so yeah so it was like, definitely what? so well isn't there something to do that was like 9-11 or something that people say something like about like another plane or where the plane hits or I can't remember something to do with like nine eleven with the Mandela effect as well, but that's because that was an inside job. But like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there was something like I remember. I'm trying to remember why I would have known about Nelson Mandela. He got or he got released from the prison in the nineties. Is that maybe that's why? Yeah, it would have been. Like, was, it was. It was. He was definitely present, and I think. By 1998, he was maybe, he was maybe, like, he was, when was apartheid? Like, he, it was at least mid-80s, I think, when apartheid and stuff was ended, like, but I think in the 90s he became president. Yeah, I was just trying to make sense of it, because I was like, maybe something else happened, but then, um, but maybe that's what I'm remembering, is, like, I'm getting out Mm. or something. Yeah, yeah, you can remember. So that one doesn't, like, I don't remember him being, I don't remember him dying, I don't remember that, because, like, as it says, in the 80s I wasn't if I remembered that that would have been very impressive yeah. <laughs> being born in the 90s yeah. but I was trying to make sense of it I was like did something else happen and then in the but I don't know mm. yeah I don't know about that one there's one which won't really work for us which is uh, Jif peanut butter it's called Jif not Jiffy I think that's an American thing I don't I'm not familiar with wait Jiffy. what no, I have no idea <laughs> <laughs> who um, Looney Tunes it's spelled T-U-N-E-S, not T-O-O-N-S. Uh, no, I knew that. Bernstein, Bernstein, that's another one. That one seems to be pretty easy to understand, just the fact that, like, Bernstein, or Steen is, like, a more common ending to a name, so your brain kind of... Yeah, it's filled in the blank sort auto, of. Autocorrects it, yeah. Mm. Autocorrects it, yes. Um, <laughs> what about... Um, you know, Curious George? Yeah. Does he have a tail or no tail? He has a tail. He does not have a tail. Fuck. I guess he had a tail. <laughs> yeah. Again, I think that's like... Um, so basically, yeah, sorry. You mentioned false memories earlier. That's basically what the common consensus is, is what happened, what's happening. And mm. that's what, like... Uh, I heard people talk about this recently, too, and it's like, that's kind of the, the more interesting thing about this theory, not that it's some weird conspiracy or whatever it's more that like it shows how malleable and susceptible our brain is to misremember and have 
memories implanted. But basically, yeah. the, the theory of that one is pretty simple. You remember that he's a monkey, so you assume he has a tail, but he never had a tail. Mm. Um, it, what's that? What's that show where they have sex and there's a city? <laughs> it's sex and the city. Yeah. Apparently, some people remember it as sex in the city. No, yeah, because I've heard that a lot. I don't know why. I don't know why I know why it's sex yeah. and the city, but I just do know. I do. I remember when I was younger, I thought it was sex in the city. Yeah. But I also just remember then finding out there was sex and the city, and I didn't have any kind of existential breakdown. I was like, all right, I just had the name wrong. What? what? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, it's actually tied to ego again, this, I think. It's like, oh, no, I'm not wrong. The world just changed into a different reality. Yeah. That's what happened here. Well, as I said, because I'm pursuing this um, narcissism, like I know I can't be wrong. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like, fuck. Trying the to. The weird thing about you is, like, even in all the other realities exist, you're still never wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and these infinite possibilities of there being realities, there was once a you're theory right, that, that. Yeah, there was once a theory that I could be wrong, and then I realized that's not right. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a shit joke. <laughs> But um, um, there's one with the, the the Febreze having a double e in it, but apparently it's spelled F E B R E Z E. No double oh, really? e in the middle. Yeah. Jesus, I would have thought double e. I thought it was freeze. Yeah. <laughs> apparently not. There Oscar Mayer, Oscar Mayer. We don't. This isn't relevant to us. No idea. Uh, the spell of Skechers. Uh, K-E-T-C-H-E-R-S? There is no T. <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay. Again, that's just, an, that's how it should be spelled, kind of. Yeah, it's because it's the brand name, but I'm spelling yeah. it more like, yeah. Um, Fruit Loops is spelled F-R-O-O-T-L-O-O-P-S and not F-R-U-I-T, like the fruit. Oh, Never really, I don't think we have that here anyway, do we? I don't think so either. Oh yeah, this is a famous one. <laughs> Henry VIII's turkey leg. <laughs> what? For some reason, people distinctly remember this portrait showing the King of England wielding a turkey leg. <laughs> I think I know it. Well, I'm going to get some wrong, but I, I, I can picture an image really well. <laughs> yeah, so there's a picture of him and he's holding like a little uh, brown glove in his right hand. Yeah. But people seem to remember that he has a turkey leg in it for whatever reason. <laughs> I'm guessing That's this. So is just, I'm guessing this is because it's like he's a fat guy. Yeah, and I'm kind of thinking it's hilarious because like I imagine. I wonder, the what do you think about it now? I imagine the turkey leg <laughs> is very cartoonish in like shape and drawing. Like you know, you've yeah. got like the bone and then just the kind of curve of the leg. You know, if they were doing it like in a painting, and here the turkey leg would be very realistic, I, not just a fucking. <laughs> Yeah, I'm wondering if uh, if there was some kind of parody at some point, or maybe even a cartoon, like a, like the Simpsons or something. You yeah, think Animaniacs or something? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that like that did some kind of parody of the picture, and that's what people are getting mixed up with. Yeah, that became more popular. It or... does seem like an obvious like. It's like you just change this picture of a fat man to have a turkey leg in it, and there you yeah. go. That's it just makes sense like you know what I mean yeah it's a very obvious joke like <laughs> yeah uh, what about this one does the Monopoly man have a monocle 
No. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah. I had to think about that. Yeah. But I kind of felt, and I kind of felt like it was gonna be like yes is the obvious answer though. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? like, you, you automatically think yes. I think most people do. Yeah. But um, and even I'm looking at the screen and there's a picture of him with the monocle and without, and both look fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's because he's just supposed to be well, a rich guy. That's it. Like, yeah. he's just <laughs> and for this one, people think it's the mix up between. Yeah, I'm in the Planters Peanut Company mascot, Mr. Peanut, too, and he did wear a monocle. I think at a top hat and a monocle as well. All right, so he was a rich peanut, and uh, they confuse him for the rich Monopoly. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you describe Pikachu's tail for me? Oh, it's like jagged with like a black tip. Black on the end? Yeah. No. Really? It's there's brown down towards the part where it joins Pikachu's body. Yeah. But yeah, this one. It's yellow. It's yellow. Yeah, there's no black. This this has the picture here of the black tip like you described, but the actual one is it's brown where it meets the body, and then it's yellow up until the end. Oh right. He's got yellow and the or sorry, he's got black tips on his ears. Hmm. Hmm, I didn't think uh, that that one didn't. For me, I remember that one clearly. I can't believe because you know I would have watched Pokemon when I was younger, and you know that yeah. came out like that shit was like fifty episodes a season. You didn't watch that once a week; you watched that every single day yeah. for weeks on end. <laughs> like I you know, the Game Boy games and everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like way over the top. <laughs> okay, this one got me. Kit Kat hyphen or no hyphen? Kit Kat. Yeah. No hyphen? Yeah, there's no hyphen. I thought there was a hyphen. I, I don't know. I, I I knew that one. No, I don't know why. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I just didn't imagine it was a hyphen for some reason. No, uh, I did. But I think that one probably is confusion with Coca-Cola. Ah, oh, right, yeah. It's red packet, double K sound. And it, it's it has, it has double a barrel name. Hyphen. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Um, this is a, an interesting one I think this isn't actually a Mandela effect this one uh, the Fruit of the Loom logo there people remember it having a brown cornucopia behind the fruit mm. but I, that's, I don't think that is a Mandela effect it's just an old logo that it had the cornucopia behind it alright yeah because I found evidence of it and yeah so it's that, yeah, that so it's just that they updated their logo and someone's yeah, like, that's that one's not, not real. There's yeah. a cheese it cheese it's people remember cheese it with a Z yeah. at the end, but um I don't think this one's gonna resonate. Are you familiar with double stuff are you? Not really. <laughs> well, the does the stuff only has one F at the end. People think it has two. It just sounds like they're trying to save money on like packaging. <laughs> There's this one about Mona Lisa's smile. Apparently, people think that she used to have more of a smile than now she doesn't. Oh yeah, no, that's re- that's a really famous one actually. Yeah, I know that, yeah. but it's everyone because that's like a whole thing, Mona Lisa's smile, but yeah. it, it's not real. <laughs> also, the Mona Lisa isn't that impressive, and it's very small. Mm. <laughs> Just for, for fam- anyone, it's, it's only famous because it's like uh, someone tried to steal it, right? Yeah, probably, and then. I think it's supposed to be, well, it's just because it's the Leonardo da Vinci as well, like, it's going to, any of his stuff is going to yeah. be, like, constantly looked at. 
Actually, mm-hmm. I heard or saw an interesting video on. Do you know that? Um, is it the Venus de Milo statue? Oh, you don't like no arms. Yeah, the reason that's so famous is because um, the um, museum that uh, had it, they lied about when it um, was made. Oh, really? <laughs> so it was. Yeah, it was after. It was after World War Two, after one of the World Wars. Um, a lot of museums had to give back certain statues or something. Anyway, there the statue should have a plinth on it that would like that would date it, but the plinth is mysteriously missing. So they reckon what happened. I don't know if this is one hundred percent confirmed, but mm-hmm. I think it is actually. Basically, they find they got the statue and they broke that off, so you couldn't date it. So they they dated it to a different. They dated it older than it actually was. So oh, they. Nice. So it affected whether they were allowed to display it or something like that. They're trying to get more money or something, probably. Yeah, but there was something I to do with. I think they had a return. I think it was to do with um, during some one of the wars, they like um, art got dispersed through different countries, and then depending on what era it was from, they had to be returned it. So they lied about when that was from, so they could keep it. Oh yeah. This doesn't make sense. I just I know I know the scream. You know the scream. It's like the most stolen painting in the world. I think. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. Actually, if it gets stolen now, they um. It's like it's like a thing. Like they will not pay a ransom for it. It will be like like I think like one time it got stolen and like ten years later it was just like given back. Like they just like left it back or something weird. Something weird like that. Or they've been the boys like it's been stolen like so many times. Like the first time or something like a ransom was paid for it. And then they were like. Well, this is just going to keep going on. So it was just, nope. It was missing for years, I think, as well. <laughs> like, just because people stole it. Um, um, back to these Mandela effects. Um, oh. So, you're a Star Wars fan, right? Yeah. It's no, I am your father. He doesn't say Luke. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's not this one. This one is about C-3PO. Oh, right. Oh, it's a silver leg. Yeah. People yeah. don't remember that. I think that one's probably because, like, isn't there a big deal at the end of one of the episodes? Or is it the last one where, like, he's got a new shiny suit and everything? Yeah, I think so. He's a kind of... Episode 3 or, well, the original episode 3. Episode 6, sorry. How does Star Wars work again? Four, five, four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, eight, nine, and then yeah. technically in between you have Rogue One solo as a Star Wars story as well. Yeah. So in Episode Six, he doesn't he have a nice shiny new suit and everything, and it's all gold. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think that's probably the answer to that one. People remember that. But do you see what do you see? Thing about Star Wars is like, uh, like you know, I'm a really big Star Wars fan, but like. The way George Lucas did it is that, like, if anyone, like, was to, say, find any inconsistency in the film... He would just release would, it again. <laughs> he would either No, he would either just release it again, or all of a sudden, like, this character who's in one scene for ten seconds will get a complete backstory up until, from their birth till their death. Like, yeah. they fucking, like, everything, everything has an explanation. Like, yeah. in episode um, seven... So, uh, George Lucas doesn't understand Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, the amount that, like, like was it like they they'll do it for everything. Like, was in Episode Seven, C three PO was a red arm, so they did like a full comic book series on how he how he got it. So just to make sure everyone knows that, like, <laughs> why it happened. Uh, 
that's one of the things <laughs> I love and hate about it, and that's one of the things I love and hate about comic books too. Like, I kind of love all the convoluted and like everything getting an explanation. Sometimes, like, it's just sometimes it's way too much. <laughs> um, uh, so, sp- spell the Flintstones for me. F L I N T S. Hold on. Yeah, you were right. You were right. That that was T right? is that T is the is the the where the confusion happens. People think it's F I L N S T O N E S. Well, it's it's, it's like flint. It. It's yeah. like flint and stones just together. Yeah. yeah. People, I think it's this pronunciation thing. The yeah, because it's flintstones. Kind of kind of soft. This one I don't understand. Do, do you know what? Um, I'm going to say this wrong. Chetrus. Oh, citrus. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. liqueur. Well, it's a color. It's clear. No, maybe I'm pronouncing this wrong. I'm pretty sure it's pronounced C H A R T R E U S E. Yeah, that's that's the truth. I think. Well, apparently but, it's a color, but people remember it. That's clear. Uh, no, it's not that. It's not the liquor. There's a word, <laughs> truth, which is supposed to. Apparently, people remember it being a magenta or pink color. But hmm. um, actually, it's green. Oh right, <laughs> that's such a, a different color. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what. I have no idea. I've I've heard that word a handful of times. I don't even know it was a color until there. <laughs> I did. I didn't either. All I could yeah. think of was the, was the shot because it's like I think it's in Ireland. It's like the highest yeah. percentage shot you can get over the bar. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the reason why I know it. <laughs> There's one here about Forrest Gump. The quote is not life is like a box of chocolates, it's life was like a box of chocolates. Really? I don't know. I don't know, because that just that shatters everything I thought I knew. <laughs> um There's one about Snow White. She doesn't say mirror mirror on the wall, she says magic mirror on the wall. Oh right. Then there's a look, I remember father one you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of movie ones here. I know. Actually, this one's—it's not "Run, You Fools," it's "Fly, You Fools." Oh yeah, that's. Uh, oh yeah, that's from the book as well. Does he not say that in the book as well? Yeah, because in the book, because because he's saying "Fly, You Fools," because that's to do with the eagles, isn't it? Or the bird. Oh yeah, that's like a theory that um he was actually telling them the whole time how to get to Mordor or something. Yeah, but I don't. I think that was debunked. Oh right. Okay. But, um, oh yeah, this one, Hannibal Lecter, he doesn't say hello, Clarice, he says good morning. (laughs) This one is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, People think that Freddie Mercury sings out of the world at the end of We Are The Champions, but it never happened. He does sing that. (laughs) I listened to the song after reading this and... (laughs) Just to make sure. Yeah, I was like, that. so I don't know. There's one about Mitchell Rogers' thing, theme. We're not familiar with that. A uh, number of U.S. states, uh, people think that it's 51 or 52, but it's 50. Yeah. Um, I remember having this happen to me when I was, but like, I mean, like when I was still in school. Mm. I thought there was 52, but I what happened was whenever I got explained there was 50 states, it was like there's 50 states plus Hawaii and Alaska because oh, they're not because they're not connected. So the way I yeah. inter- interpreted it was 
It was it's, like, yeah, oh, there's 50 states and then there's those two, yeah? Yeah, but they're included in the 50. So that's probably the same confusion for most people. Yeah. Sinbad never played a genie. Do you know this one? This is one no. of the big, the big famous ones. Everyone remembers Sinbad playing a genie in a movie called Shazam. But this never happened. <laughs> there was a movie with Shaquille O'Neal called Kazam where he played a genie. And that's why. Yeah. And then I think this further gets confusion because people, the word Shazam is familiar because there's the comic book Shazam. Yeah. And then also Sinbad and you have, he's in this, the, um, the story of the genie, the traditional story is Sinbad the sailor and the genie. So I think yeah. it just all gets mixed up together into this false memory. And then yeah. I, th- I heard something that a, Comedy Central um, released a fake image. They like found this footage of um, Sinbad in the movie Shazam that they faked and made it all grainy, like it was from VHS. So they just really confused things. <laughs> <laughs> just on purpose, just to. Yeah. There's one about Smokey the Bear. He wasn't called Smokey the Bear, he's called Smokey Bear. Tank Man, it's a Gentleman Square thing. People remember him dying, which doesn't happen. Neil Armstrong's death. I had this conversation with someone recently, actually. I said Neil Armstrong was dead. People, some, whoever I was chatting to said he hadn't died yet. He died in 2012. Did you know he was dead? Yeah, I was pretty sure I knew that. I think Buzz Aldrin is still alive, is he? Yeah, he's still alive. He can, but he's the only one, isn't he? Mm, yeah, I don't know if he's the only one now. But yeah, I think that's why, what, how that came up. We were talking about Buzz Aldrin, and I was like, oh, Neil Armstrong's dead, isn't he? And then whoever was chatting to us thought he wasn't, but there you go. 2012, long ago, too. Yeah. I actually got caught with a hoax before, like about a celebrity death hoax. I've seen something before about Willie Nelson dying, and I genuinely thought it was true. <laughs> yeah, the, the death <laughs> one was, is like. The death one seems to be a common one. People just like. Because yeah. <laughs> people just decide to do it or something as well for the Krakens to be like, I. I think it's just like, yeah, uh, you can fake them. And, you know, mm. People just yeah, forget right. celebrities died too, especially since that year they all died. Yeah. <laughs> you just forget who died and didn't. Yeah, it's kind of all molten one. Hey, hold on, I'll be back in two seconds. I'll grab my glass of water. Mm, this nice, refreshing taste of H2O. This podcast today is brought to you by water. <laughs> water. Where would we be without it? Water. Yeah, <laughs> it's water. We we at. <laughs> well, yes, it's water. We at. Have you ever been thirsty? Have you ever needed your clothes rushed? Have you ever wanted your plants to grow? Try water, the number one source of life for me, for you, for everyone. Water. Drink some H two O today. So people remember when? Sorry, where am I here? Oh yeah, people people remember Mother Teresa's canonization, except they remember it happened in, in the nineties instead of two thousand and sixteen. Mm. And also she was still alive in the nineteen nineties. So <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> so uh, so take that guys. Take that people. Yeah. Uh, people remember misremember the year of the space shuttle challenger explosion. Mm. Uh, this is kinda I don't 
it's like it happened in 1986 and people think it happened in 84 85 whoa <laughs> that's that's just like fuck, i get i get dates wrong all the time like so stupid like, like, like yeah it's not a mandela effect that's just people not getting the correct date in history getting, like getting something slightly wrong yeah like, <laughs> It's like two plus two is five. Whoa, Mandela effect, man. <laughs> you could just choose any date and that it happened. Like, yeah, yeah. What if I say if I said it was like nineteen ten? Is that me being an idiot or is that the Mandela effect? <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Um, something about the Lindbergh baby. People thought the case went cold, but they actually found the body. Oh, did they? I don't know why I thought that they didn't. Mm. Oh, right, yeah, Mandela effect. <laughs> <laughs> well, they find the body and sentence the killer to death for the crime. Uh, Patrick Swayze died of pancreatic cancer, but people said they remembered him recovering. <laughs> no, I, I knew that one anyway. Yeah. I did hear someone recovering from pancreatic cancer recently, though. Mm, I think that's... That? I don't know, because that would be big. I think it'll be big news because pancreatic cancer is very hard to fight, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's like one of those ones that's like nearly always kills you. I don't yeah. think it happened recently. Like, I think it was, I just read something about someone and it said that they recovered. Mm. They managed to recover. But yeah, it's the one that always just like, if you get it, you're you're done pretty much. Yeah. Uh, people thought that um, Leonardo DiCaprio um, won an Oscar before he finally did in 2016. But he's nominated five other times, so yeah. I was pretty sure I knew that because there was always that thing like nine gag and Reddit and stuff. Of like, yeah, there's a meme of like gotta get him his Oscar. Yeah. I remember he was in on the joke before too. There's like there's like a video of him um when he's getting engraved. Mm. And he's like uh he said to the woman doing it or something, he was like, uh oh, do you always do this? And she was like, Yeah, it's like oh, I wouldn't know. <laughs> um, there's one people think the location of Disney World like people remember it being at the entrance but that's not the case did you hear that? yeah that's water baby <laughs> thank our sponsor again water <laughs> You, yeah, I did a wee, I did a wee plug for water whenever you were in the toilet. <laughs> just a wee, just a wee fake this ad. There. Toilet break is brought to you by water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was an idea I had for this podcast. Actually, it's like where we would have to come up with fake ads, <laughs> fake, <laughs> fake fake products, and advertise them. Oh, that sounds class. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a really good idea just try and come up with like one fake product a week yeah so it's like, it's like the easiest way to do it is if you just put two words together and try and think of something mm. I don't know if you want to do it today or yeah I'm trying <laughs> to think one right away or could you? Or could you? Could you do like? Uh, could you do like a reverse ad? Everyone's getting Kindles these days. You know, you have twenty books on a platform. But why don't you just get a book? <laughs> I don't know. That wasn't that good. 
they're stinky. <laughs> I hate books. And the best thing about books is they're made from a renewable resource that's definitely not taken from the Amazon rainforest. We are not <laughs> taking from the <laughs> Or what about like, yeah, Kendall can hold thousands of books, but have you ever heard of TV? <laughs> do you want do you want to have way more fun and be more smarter? <laughs> Forget about it. Or or should we do like bad ads? You know, do you want to get rid of all your worries and your woes? Try heroin. You won't think about anything else ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a bit touchy? <laughs> a bit <heavy? laughs> yeah, it's like mm. <laughs> it's like going down a bad path. I feel like yeah, 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 yeah. it's like fed up with your coworkers. Yeah. Murder them. <laughs> yeah. Are you angry? Fight someone. <laughs> Do what you should do. You should give in to all of your <laughs> temptations and urges. Yeah, maybe edit this out. <laughs> I'll uh, peruse through it for for jokes and just take everything else out. Yeah, add in if you have to, just at that part, add in a laugh track. Now you know we're joking. <laughs> <laughs> one other time we were talking about um i think it was when we talked about cognitive behavioral therapy the first time and you were talking about this thing about um thinking about the bigger picture and all yeah what was that again you like zoom out, you know, you yeah. think yourself and you go outside the earth and you go outside the atmosphere and you imagine just constantly going past to see how small like the earth actually is. I always think of like the pale blue dot. Yeah. You know, that photo of earth. That's kinda usually the photo I think of. Even though it's like really old photos, just because like yeah, there's, the, all, there's the, also the, Carl Sagan's Carl, poem. Carl Sagan. Yeah, it's lovely. And his poem and stuff to it. Yeah, it's really nice. And just uh, that's because that like I think at that time as well, that was like the first like that was the farthest photo ever away from Earth and it's just such a small speck it's just like you yeah. know like it's not even the fact that it was the first photo i feel like it's such an artistically well done photo for yeah. like you know yeah. being a scientific and, and, the, and the poem like there's a, the, the poem over top of it it's just really so he talks about it, it's like every every like good thing and every bad thing it's ever oh, whatever um, happened it's happened on that speck of dust and yeah it's and that's why that's why it's so yeah. good because usually you, you wouldn't get that a lot in science too either. That kind of like that's such yeah. a an odd mix of kind of like poetry of like over probably at that point in time the most expensive expedition ever done was the <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, but uh, the reason I brought it up is because I was reading Ego's Enemy and there's a chapter basically on that whole thing. <laughs> oh, really? They, they call it uh, he, or he calls it uh, meditate on the immensity. Mm. And that's as practice to like the same thing. What you're doing, like zoom out to like to like give yourself perspective of what you mean in the world. But like it's it's really um the chap the whole chapter is just beautiful. Like it, it it's about achieving that the sense of like um ho- like being humble and everything. But the the chapter itself just gives you that sense. It's really amazing. 
there's even a we talked about like um Carl Sagan, but there's a quote from Neil deGrasse Tyson in this. Mm. He says, um, when I look up in the universe, I know I'm small, but I'm also big. I'm big because I'm connected to the universe and the universe is connected to me. And then he goes on to add to that, we or the author Ryan Holiday, we just can't forget which is bigger and which has been here longer. Mm. It's like talks about how people go out into the wilderness and like um just gives them that perspective of like there's a really nice paragraph. Well, maybe that's not too long. Maybe I can read this. Mm. This is from um, John Moore, a trip to Alaska. And um, just that he wrote down uh, what he saw at one point. He said, we feel the life and motion about us and the universal beauty. The tides marching back and forth with weariness industry, leaving the beautiful shores and swaying the purple dulse of the broad meadows of the sea where the fishes are fed, the wild streams and rows, white with waterfalls, ever in bloom and ever in song, spreading their branches over a thousand mountains, the vast forests feeding on the drenching sunbeams, every cell in a whirl of enjoyment, misty flocks of insects stirring all the air, the wild sheep and goats on the grassy ridges above the woods, bears in the berry tangles, mink and beaver and otter far back on many a river and lake, Indians and adventurers pursuing their lonely ways, birds tending to their young, everywhere, everywhere, beauty and life and glad, rejoicing action. That's, that's lovely. Yeah. Who is that? John Moore, he's, he was in the Alaskan wilderness and it's just kind of... Yeah, he's an explorer. Mm. Or, yeah, preservationist and explorer in 1879. Yeah, it's just kind of the connection. I suppose like there's so much going on in the world that he's kind of describing, sort of. It's um the word, the Stoic word for what that experience is, sym- sympathia, a connectedness with the cosmos. Mm. French philosopher Pierre Hadot referred to it as the oceanic feeling. So it's just like your connectedness to the world and your place in nature and everything and how that is a humbling yeah, but I could imagine as well if you take it that like you know you can see yourself as important when you go into the wilderness and you see how it all just gets on without you, if you know what I mean. And yeah, it's all getting it's all getting on without you. And yeah, I guess just just to sound as culty as I can. <laughs> and uh, you know, that you don't you, even like if you were to go to the wilderness yourself, you won't really make any much of a dent in it. Yeah. If you know what I mean, like at least that's what I'm taking from it. There's um talking about there's like a quote from the, the opposite quote from Muhammad Ali saying it's hard to be humble when you're as great as I am. Well, <laughs> but I can I can understand where he's coming from because I, yeah. I I I am quite but, like it. <laughs> but they make the point then that that's uh that's when you really have to work harder. It's like whenever you've accomplished things, it's when you have to work harder to maintain your. Just, yeah, and like destroy your ego because like you're just... it, like they say it's hard to be self-absorbed and convinced of your own greatness inside the solitude and quiet of a sensory deprivation tank. It's hard to be anything but humble walking alone along a beach late at night with an endless black ocean crashing loudly against the ground next to you. Mm. But it's really going to be hard to stay humble if people are telling you you're, they're the greatest of all time. Because yeah. <laughs> even if you are... Had... Yeah. Yeah, but because even if you like, even if you like, don't believe it at all. If, if enough people say it, you will eventually start to believe it. You know, like in a way, yeah. 
Which is why I, I keep telling myself that I am, and then one day. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That's what you're not supposed to do. I'm the narcissistic stoic. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's like, tell yourself that you are not the greatest, because I am. <laughs> <laughs> we can't both be the greatest. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, this sounds like the, the starting of like a cult leader or something. <laughs> There's a good um bit of a poem, a Blake poem. The this the the first four lines is basically summing up what they're talking about. To see a world in a grain of sand and a heaven and a wildflower, hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. So, oh, I really, I really like that. Yeah, it's really nice, isn't it? Say so that's the transcendental experience that makes our petty ego impossible. Mm, that's the stuff. That's the good stuff. You saying it's making your petty ego impossible? I well, considering I know I can make it possible. You gotta pump those numbers up. Yeah, 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 yeah those are rookie numbers. <laughs> yeah, I was reminded of that again. Contact mm-hmm. with that opening scene. Yeah, that kind of zooms away out. Yeah, and keeps going, and just the kind of you just hear the intense noise. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll admit, I I liked like the zoom and I did that scene and stuff. The noise, I just did not like. I I understood why it yeah, was I there. I thought something was wrong at the start of the. <laughs> start yeah, of I just I, I just thought like it was just a wee bit too unnerving of a noise. Like even you know in two thousand one, a space odyssey, it's very unnerving, but that's like really intense at like. Probably like fucking five hours now we're doing like you know it's really intense but it's really far into the movie, yeah. So it's kind of like it's almost like it works better because you're so drawn into the movie already. But that's at the start. It just kind of took me too much of like throwing it in my face. It was just <laughs> yeah. And so I thought like it, although it was like I got the idea of it, it that they yeah, just it was, like it worked whenever it got quiet because it was like. But maybe they could have done the other way around, zooming in towards Earth, and then when you got there, it started getting louder. Yeah. But yeah, it was weird. Yeah, it was weird as cinema. Yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking too. Cause <laughs> it just blasted. It was, I was kind of, it was kind of late at night, like whenever I first stuck it on. I ended up watching this in like two sittings, but I watched like the first forty minutes. But then I was just really tired. I'll sleep, and then I just watched the whole thing in one go. Um. So like the first time, you know, I was kind of tired. I was like, no, nah, I think like you know, we should be able to stay up. But he was kind of tired, and then just <laughs> in my face. I was like, okay, you'll be awake for a little while anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to talk about Contact now, which is the movie we said we we're going to watch last week. Yeah. So we'll give our recommendations up front to people who want to skip on, and we need to decide a movie for next time as well. Yeah. Uh, what, were, what movies were we chatting about? Um... I have a few written down here. Uh, Enemy was one of them. Mm. The Denny Villeneuve one that's kind of mad. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was it, I think. Is it? I, I had one. Did, uh, did you watch the Andre the Giant documentary? Oh, no. I kept meaning to. It's supposed to be very sad. Yeah, but yeah. That, that came into my head. I've forgotten all about it. And I know you... You love your Under the Giant trivia. Yeah, I just love the fact that, like, I love telling people like that. Like, that's to me <laughs> the best. That he, that anyone that doesn't know that he's the lifts the school from Samuel Beckett, the Nobel Prize winning Irish poet and, guy, and playwright who wrote Waiting for Godot. 
because he had gigantism and couldn't ride the school bus from like 12. So he used to just get a lift to school from Samuel Beckett, who was his neighbor in France. And then people made plays in the cell waiting for Godot of those two talking in the car. Whenever Andrew Drain said mostly they only talked about cricket. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, oh, I've got yeah. Alien written down here too. Oh, fuck so love Alien. Um, um, but yeah, I think we we kind of decided on enemy last week, but I don't know if you want, still want to do that. Yeah, I'll do enemy. That's yeah. 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 Okay. We'll do. Yeah, I'll do enemy, and maybe do under the giant after. <sighs> time to watch enemy again. It's yeah. gonna be a wilder. Maybe I'll maybe I'll know what ha- what's going on this time. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine you were like, this is so easy to understand. Why did I never get this? <laughs> <laughs> like... See, I remember watching some kind of video where they they like. They explained it, or they did. I don't know if they explained it, but I remember after watching it, feeling like I understood it a little bit. But it's yeah. been a while since I've seen that video, so it might be all forgotten again. And I'll just yeah. be like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> or you'll be like halfway through and be like, "I am missing something. I know I've I've known this before, but I don't know what it is." I'm determined to crack this movie, though. It's like, it's like I'll get there. Yeah. Like, finally, I understand. I can't remember how many different times I've seen it now. At least twice. I can't remember twice or three times. This might be the third time now. Anyway. So first for you, third time for you. Or sorry, yeah. first for you, third time for me. Yeah. We'll see how we get on. <laughs> yeah. and I'll okay, be like, so next yeah. time we're going to watch anime. And yeah. do we give, what's our verdict on um, contact? Um, um, I wasn't overly impressed with it, to be honest. I, I kind of yeah. like something. I didn't really like the love story thing. Um, kind of took away from it. Um, I don't know. I kind of found it weird that Bill Clinton was in it. Yeah, that's weird. But then yeah. he was president at that time. So. Yeah, and sure, he did the same thing in Forrest Gump, where he like put Forrest Gump into the talking to presidents and everything. So oh, yeah, good. yeah, that was the first movie to do that. Yeah. There's a really good movie or maybe a good video by um, uh, Patrick H. Uh, Willems on YouTube. I think that's why this movie came into my head. He does a, movie, a video called uh, Robert Zemeckis and his toys. Yeah. And it goes through the career of Robert Zemeckis and how like he kind of over time became obsessed. Like he's the same guy that did the Polar Express. He did. Oh, I didn't know he, he did, did Polar Express. Well, I'll try to go in order. So he did like um, Back to the Future was one of the first ones. Yeah. Um, what was after that? Forrest Gump. Just, and did he do, he did something do Big? No? Uh, I had Big in my head, actually, but I don't think that was him. Uh, um, uh, he did Cast Away. Anyway. Felix. Oh, yeah. I'll have a quick look here. But basically, as he went on, like, he kind of got obsessed. Like, um, in that video, he he, he points um, Castaway as being the, the reason that he, like, that he made the switch. He did two from Roger Rabbit. Oh, yeah. So in Castaway, they had to stop filming for, like, six months or something while Tom Cruise could grow a beard. Yeah. And in the video... Patrick 
basically reckons that's the reason that he went full digital after that. Like with uh, uh, Beowulf too, I think he did that. All right, yeah, I never actually seen that. But it like so, Polar Express and Beowulf, th- th- these movies are all full mo- motion capture. Yeah. So like he's it, the fact that he they had to shut down shut down production for so long. That's why he went. All right, I'm never letting that happen again. <laughs> <laughs> and he re- this most recent one was that Welcome to Marvel with Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Carell. Oh yeah. Super early, yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it. That's basically it's again, it makes a like model time or something, pretty much, isn't it? Yeah, just all mocap and weird. Apparently, the documentary that Marwin Marwin Town, I think it's called, is really yeah. good just to watch that instead. <laughs> Don't watch the movie, watch the movie, but the movie being made. No, no, it's like the it, the documentary came oh, out. It's like on, way, on way the real board. guy, so yeah, 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 that makes sense. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah, apparently, it's much better. So yeah, um, I enjoyed it. Like uh, it was, it was, it was fine. It wasn't a bad movie, but I think, but the last movies we've been watching, I think I liked more. If you know what I mean? Yeah. So this one just wasn't as good. It was a wee bit dated. I felt not too bad, but like I just felt it was a wee bit dated. Well, in certain ways, I thought there was some ways that it wasn't dated at all. It was still quite relevant. Hmm. No, I mean like yeah, it'd be more effects wise and stuff. But I suppose some uh, of it yeah. was still, some of it was still quite relevant. Yeah, yeah but it was still uh, a bit. It's got that. It's got that incredible scene when she's running up the stairs. So spoilers, if people are. So we'll be talking about this for the rest of the episode, so you can skip on if you want. Yeah. Uh, but she's running up the stairs to get to the medicine cabinet, and that incredible shot, like that's amazing. Mm. The camera's backing up, and then it's in the mirror. Yeah, like that's just breathtaking. Um, I don't know how like... you did that. A <laughs> <laughs> laugh was just really simple. <laughs> it probably is simple, enough, but, it's, but it's so effective. Like, yeah, because it follows her the whole way. It's not like it's just one. If it was just one long take. But it follows her around the stairs, around the corner, and then when she gets to the end, you see that the whole thing was a reflection in a mirror, and it's just like, what? Yeah. It's classic. There's... Yeah, like, it was very good. Like, what do we mean, like, well, right? Well, I just, I didn't, like, I, I kind of felt like the kind of, you know, the kind of love story thing that they get started? I just felt like kind of... Yeah, I thought ch- that kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, I felt it came out of nowhere. Like, I was really surprised. I was like, oh, already? <laughs> Yeah, it's like like it was very obvious. It's like, all right, here's the love interest, and it's like, all right, geez, that was quick. Yeah, exactly. I get it that he's Matthew McConaughey and all like, but come on, like, it's just, yeah, you're supposed to be like a fucking ridiculously smart scientist who, because she's deciding to study in a- aliens, is ruining her career because you're so much more talented. It's like, but so like, wouldn't you have a bit more cop on with like men and stuff? <laughs> it's just, it's a bit know. like why, why not? Like. There's nothing wrong with that. Sure, you can ride whoever you want. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. Yeah, but it just seems like they just fall in love out of nowhere. Like <laughs> that's how I felt. They just kind of. Well, uh, like they don't. What? What? Well, they don't fall in love. Sure, she kind of just. She doesn't. She leaves him alone and. Leaves him in the bed. Yeah. <laughs> Tells <laughs> him. I, I was expecting it to build up to this thing, and then it just happened. Yeah, and that's. It, 
that's what I mean. Like, you know, like, yeah, it's just kind of over sort of. And then yeah. it's back again. I don't know. I just felt like it was kind of like either kind of underdeveloped, but it also kind of took away from the rest of the movie a wee bit because that kind of slowed everything down. If you know what I mean? Mm, I, I didn't felt have, until. I, didn't have that problem. I thought it did kind of at the start until like the end. Then kind of the relationship kind of gets better whenever, you know, the whole. Whenever they're actually um, building the device and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that like that's it made sense in retrospect. Like it's like all right, that's why they have to they have to have something at the start that can then mm-hmm. over time gains more meaning or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'll admit there was like I did like the whole idea that you know whenever they're selecting, I do feel like if it was real life, like America would just try and build something and then definitely just fire it and like an American person without even a committee. <laughs> yeah. But um, I did like the fact that, like, because whenever they're doing it, they're selecting people. I did kind of like the whole thing of, like, you know, do you believe in God? And it was like, no. And it's like, well, 85 percent of people in the world, if you're going to represent, like, us to an alien species, I kind of did like that idea because that sort of made a kind of very fair and logical sense to me, if you know what yeah. I mean. And then it made me love, I love as well, um, what's his name now? There's an like actual person elected by the UN as the who's, who's the alien diplomat, <laughs> and if an alien race of ever does come to Earth, that they, they he they're the persons Malaysian astrophysicist Maslan Othman. Um. Oh well, she denies it actually. So this is a different thing. But yeah, but apparently they have somebody in the UN that's designated just for if aliens show up to introduce them to who we are and Earth, and I think that's class. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like really how good. they uh, they talked about that. Like the the universal language is math because that is like the common consensus is how we would interact with any extraterrestrial yeah. beings. Yeah, that's like it would be because math can't change technically. Yeah, um, and if you're if you're like if a alien species manages to come to this planet, then they use math to get here. Yeah. And that's it's, how we that's how we easily show them that we are intelligent. It's because yeah, we can understand their math. Yeah. I will admit I did find it funny the uh the transmission was like Hitler's um, Yeah, yeah, like yeah, because like I kinda cause I I like the way that like it was kind of funny, but like it did make it made perfect sense within the realms of the movie. Like, you know, it wasn't it didn't seem stupid, although it was yeah. kind of funny, you know what I mean, but it didn't it seem unexpected stu- too. Yeah, it was completely unexpected, but it wasn't stupid. Like, it isn't, like, uh... I just thought it was very well done. I thought, like, and then the whole kind of, like, you're telling me the first, like, contact we make with outer space is fucking the opening ceremony. They're definitely aliens. Yeah, exactly. I loved also the uh, 90s high-tech, like the big computer monitors. I love seeing them in movies now. Yeah. It's just so funny looking. <laughs> yeah, I love what they always have, like, these weird, um, like, displays on them that are, like, always custom to whatever thing they're trying to do. Yeah, it's perfectly and, like, them, fit. Them, them doing video calls and all in the in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the big phones and everything, and it's like, I just... Just take oh, a right, it's like it's like oh we're getting some there's video in the transmission and they just have to log up this big tv to, to display it on yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like fucking taking out your scout cables and fucking all this shit like 
there's um I did actually find it funny that we were watching this though because obviously recently like three official videos were declassified by the United States of UFOs. Oh yeah, they they said that they were real or something. I... Yeah, what it was okay. is apparently apparently they released them because they said that they wouldn't release a lot of UFO footage possibly because it might give away the capabilities of maybe test weapons or test planes that they're using. But they actually did declassify three videos that um and actually one of them was helped get declassified by Tom DeLong, of course, through one of oh, his yeah. organizations. But uh, yeah, apparently it's all true and they say that these are UFOs. One of them is like a, a saucer that like hovers above some water and it flies off very fast. It's fine by and another one was found by two fighter pilots they reported it years ago. It's kinda interesting, like it's that like it's very interesting for us to be watching this movie now with that like having happened like a week or two because yeah. it's very kind of kind of similar as to what's going what's surprisingly going on in real life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For once, they got it right. <laughs> <laughs> um, trying to think what other things. What else happened in the movie? Yeah, we went on a bit long. It was like two and a half hours, wasn't it? Yeah, um, they did an awful lot with because you kind of know that, like I knew after her fucking dickhead mentor guy that steals everything got it. I was like, well, he's gonna have to die or get sick or something, you know. Whenever... Yeah, well, I, I thought maybe that she would just make peace with the fact that, like, maybe she would choose because there was a whole thing. Like, if she did choose to go away, then she wouldn't. She'd like come back. She could be like fifty years in the future because of the. The time dilation, yeah, and she yeah. wouldn't. She wouldn't be with. So I thought. I thought maybe she'd just choose to be with. Um, with a McConaughey. Yeah, I can't even remember his name. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't remember either. <laughs> I, yeah, I, just every time I see him, I was like, "Yeah, it's Pat McConaughey." Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't um, bad in this, to be honest. He wasn't. No, he wasn't. His character was kind of interesting. I thought for. Because of the kind of part that he, because he was, because you know he was the antithesis of her, like where she was just yeah. science, 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 and then like, because I will admit I did quite appreciate that line where she was like, you know, I go on only on imperial empirical evidence, only stuff that you can prove, and he's like, yeah, what about your dad? I was like, did you love him? Prove it. I was like, that's actually a very good point yeah. too. Yeah, I was I like, like, actually, I, I, like I like that. I like that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the stuff I I I enjoy the stuff too, where he was like, uh the whole thing with like science is like, has it ever brought us happiness? That actually felt quite resonant. Mm. Like especially with um, like social media at the minute, there's people t- like debate about it in that area. It's like, is social media making us unhappy and stuff? And like that's that's a um. That's an, uh, an advancement, a technological advancement that people are arguing will not bring us happiness. Yeah, which I would say, I would say that it won't. And they brought a whole host of new psychological disorders, and it's yeah. just gonna. There's definitely a lack of a premium on happiness in the last while. Mm. Although it's coming back weirdly with uh, with what's going on. I think we're becoming we become more aware of what what's important and everything. Yeah, because you know, good old, it just takes a global pandemic. Yeah. That's all. Like, yeah, I mean, like, fucking. Also, this... we're, if if we're happy, then you can't sell us anything. Mm. Is uh, basically how it all operates. We have to prove. You have to show people that um, they're lacking something, and then you can sell the thing to fix that. So, yeah, and it's like everything it's, works. 
It's actually really weird. Like, if anyone here's listening to, it's just proven that apparently podcasts can give you happiness. Just that's one of the few things. Just uh, should probably throw that in there. <laughs> but that's a proven thing. It, no, I'm only messing. <laughs> like, well, I wouldn't I'm, be surprised to be honest. Yeah, no, yeah, to be honest, it would definitely be good for you. But I'm just trying to be like, you know, so you should definitely listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I'd say it would be. I'd say podcast secret podcasts. I feel like would be better for like your head and stuff because most podcasts are going to be even even if they're a joke podcast, it's still somewhat informative because like you know if you listen to podcasts with like a comedian and stuff because it's not like them on stage. It's you can at least say it's informative of how they actually are or who they actually are. Yeah, which can be a, interesting like aspect of somebody who's famous. Like yeah, there's this aspect of. Um like intimacy too it's like people on like if you like going back to comedians like they can only say certain things on stage no matter how like um out there they are they're still performing a bit where like on a podcast it's it's more intimate it's like letting you in and even yeah, the feeling they, like, don't, they I, don't have to be funny on it they you know they're talking yeah, it. You know what I, mean? I, I love even the feeling of putting on a podcast and you just get that nice sound in your ear and you're like ah oh. yeah it's like comforting and also like it's um in the same way as like reading engages your brain in a way that like watching TV doesn't. Yeah. I think podcasts do that too, where it's like you have to, you're a bit more active in the participation. Yeah, you do have to. Cause I even like, I would even say for like with songs and stuff, you know, you could sort of like, you can have music in the background. I do have like audiobooks and podcasts in the background often enough, but you do, you do have to definitely follow on to all the words that they're saying to, you know what I mean? It's uh, yeah. you have to because if you other because if you get lost you'll be like what the fuck are they on about like, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's like it's like an like podcast is kind of like a an audiobook just yeah. like a more free form yeah usually it's like an improvised book yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's made up on the spot just on the fly but yeah like it's like when you're watching TV or something you're just getting everything fed to you. You get the audio, you get the visuals, yeah. you get everything where in a podcast or an audiobook, then you have to imagine a certain amount of it yourself. Yeah. Like I always find it funny because like, even for us, like right now, like I kind of imagine us sitting in a room talking, even though we're not sitting in a room together talking. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's kind of still how I imagine. That's how you imagine stuff with like podcasts and stuff. And you just imagine these people sitting around chatting, but you have actually- to do that yourself. Like, I was thinking today that could be something that we do at some point if we can like add video to this and get green screens and we can like green screen <laughs> ourselves into the same room. <laughs> uh, it'd be it'd be great to do that, but just like do, so it, funny, yeah. do it like very pearly or like whenever yeah, I go like, to every pick episode, up my... be like, oh, we're in Hawaii. Today. Yeah. <laughs> 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 or like or like have it like beautiful sunny beach and palm trees and be like yeah just here in Donegal uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's my garden <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like penguins or something in the background or just something stupid <laughs> <laughs> I definitely love to try something like that yeah it'd be good fun um <laughs> Back to that social media thing I was talking about. There's, mm. there's like I know people. Uh, there's a lot of stuff about oh, it's ruining people and everything. But there's also a school of thought where people just think that 
like the current generation that's growing up with it, they'll actually be grand and they'll just it'll just be part of their life and it won't affect them negatively at all. Yeah, because it's always been there where it's because yeah. it's kind of it was brought in in the middle of us. That that makes sense. It's kind of like growing up so you adapt to it. Yeah, but I don't know. It's I think I don't know. It's just because like. I don't know it's kind of hard because like I know anyway for like my thesis and stuff like like I very like I don't go on I use Facebook Messenger but I don't go on Facebook and I've deleted Instagram some amount of times so I think I do have it back again now. Yeah, um, I, I can do. I I try not use them at all like because it's just yeah. I, I really I use Reddit. Oh yeah, I actually don't even really use that anymore. That's but like that's kind of more me like if I'm sitting at work and my breaks and stuff like that's what I yeah you know, yeah yeah that's what I scroll like. Try, but I try to do it less at times. But I do think it definitely made me feel better. And what I did for a reason to do it in my thesis was it just made me way more fucking productive. Like, yeah, there's this, idea, there's this idea about um, having uh, anything that scrolls endlessly, and you shouldn't use them. And at the very least, take them off your um, your home screen on your phone. Mm-hmm. So on your home screen, don't have Facebook or Instagram or Reddit. All these things that never endlessly scroll. And I notice now because um, just because I don't use them as much. Like I used to have, um, well, I haven't had Facebook on my phone in ages. If I do need to go on Facebook on my phone, I have to open up a browser and then go to there, which helps it because it's more of a barrier. Yeah, same for me. But I used to have it like set up on my computer. So anytime I opened the browser, it'd be saved and open all the time. And I would Mm -hmm. just have the habit of like clicking on it and scrolling away. So I I stopped that as well. Now I can still go on Facebook, but I just it's like it's not always there. I have to open it up again and go there. But so, sometimes even even, even, even that, that's gonna even say that little change has like helped a lot because now sometimes I do go on my phone and I'm like, what am I doing? I catch yeah. myself scrolling. So I've become more aware just by making that slight change. Yeah, and it that's does help why. so much. And like I think as well, just even if you have to stop, put in your password for it. It's just mm-hmm. like sometimes I've done it where I like, I'd have to put a password and I'm like I'm like you know it's like Never I'm not mind. gonna find I'm not gonna find anything on here you know I can only it's just that one extra step where which is it's very minimal effort but it's just that wee bit of effort and it just yeah. doesn't seem worth it. <laughs> it's like anytime you find yourself doing something that you actually don't really want to do or you, that you didn't even really choose to do, yeah, that's that's basically addiction there. Like, yeah. Well, no, if you, I, if you didn't, if you didn't make, if you are like on Facebook and you're like, when did I actually make the decision to, to actually you, you start this off? Yeah, then there's a problem there, mm-hmm. I, I think. So yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting area that. But then, like every technology, people people thought books were bad for you when they happened. Yeah, people disappeared into fantasy worlds. Oh, it's dangerous. So I don't yeah. know. It's hard to. It's yeah, because like, they they reckon every generation is always scared of the next, but yeah. just also, they also reckon that we are we are um, increasing or growing or changing quite rapidly technology wise. Like we're having a real boom in the past, like yeah, twenty years. There is that kind of worry, but then they they probably always thought that it's just it is kind of more true now. But but there is a there also going to be a lot of amp, um, a lot of evidence on the negative effects of um like causing us to be more actually make us more isolated and stuff like that which is bad so mm. i just think I as well i think it's very common as well for like you know everyone it's very hard like particularly on instagram and stuff i think it'd be harder than facebook because instagram's all photos but everyone like no one no one puts up their 
shit life on online. Like you know, everyone puts their best foot forward and makes it look like they're yeah. good. They're, they're, pre- they're presenting themselves to the world, so they try and give the best thing possible. And like, there is a wild problem because I know I've cut myself that, but I'd say it happens more on Instagram because it's all photos and you just see people like on yeah. holidays. I remember seeing it a while out when I was doing my thesis. You know, I'm stuck in a fucking lab. You're stressed. You people at the beach and people drinking, and you're like fucking. Look at them, like they're they have the best life. And I was like, they probably don't like. And also, it's not yeah. like I've never. It's not like I've never been to a beach before, and it's like I've never been out for drinks before. But they happen to be doing it at that time. Whenever I'm feeling like shit, yeah. you know, and I see it at a time when I'm already feeling like shit, and then it makes me feel worse because I'm essentially just feeling jealousy. Yeah, <laughs> like I never really got that with um my own account, like like the kind of FOMO thing or whatever. Yeah. But I did start experiencing it with the band where I'd like oh. be on Facebook and I'd see another band getting something and I'd start being like, oh, oh why, why did I not get that or whatever? Yeah, like yeah. That's, that's when I started feeling it and I was like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> and I kind of yeah. have to use Facebook for the band. That's Yeah, that's kind of the double I saw. You kind of, these days you need a social media presence. Yeah. But, um... That's all uh, ego I learned <laughs> from this book, basically. <laughs> mm. It's like um, whenever you see something like that and you start thinking, it's like, oh, why am I not getting that? Well, it's got nothing to do with you, so you should just be able to release that thing. But but Facebook and stuff doesn't help. doesn't no. make that easy. But I'd say Facebook would very, be, very easily make it feed into your ego or do that the thing is you look for attention or you look for help online. And yeah. Then, it's like even... You know, even like um, when I shared an episode of this mm. and got loads of likes, it's like you become you become very aware. You're like, geez, that did very well, and you yeah. get really, and you get the wee um, chemical the, happy the, release. <laughs> yeah, the old fucking dopamine to the brain yeah. of like, yes, this is what I've wanted all my life. Yeah, <laughs> give me more. <laughs> and then I shared an episode earlier before coming on here, and that's when we got. One like maybe. Mm. Oh, it's got one heart. Oh, I'm a failure now. Yeah. Shit. Fuck's sake! Stop bringing me down with you. <laughs> pack it up, boys. Podcast yeah. over. Yeah. <laughs> it's because I didn't tag you in this one. That's the problem. <laughs> Even though, like every single time, I remember, like the next time that I did go on Facebook, it was like one time I went on, it was like 107 notifications. Was like because <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> It was this person's birthday today. I do not care. Uh, <laughs> it's always about a shite, like. Yeah. It's probably by design. You just Facebook knows that if you see the wee red number, you're you're in. You're hooked. Yeah, that's it. Um, um, yeah. So the the religion thing was a big part of this movie. Um, mm. It kind of worked. Kind of worked for me. I don't know. I kind of liked it because it was kind of more. That's not always. Well, I suppose it could be brought up sometimes, but like it's just kind of. I feel like that's one of those questions you kind of have to ask whenever you're going for something like this, because like yeah. you know, syndrome comes like, are the aliens the gods or like? Yeah, they, they did. Like, it, god, like, like there is know? that line whenever um she's like, God, oh, it it wasn't a god from or it wasn't a voice from the sky, and then he's like, well, actually, it was literally a voice from the sky. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like shit. <laughs> Um, yeah, like I thought stuff like that there was quite good. It kind of like it kind of I felt like I I liked it. I just don't know if they explored the aspect enough. If you know what I mean, 
That's what I mean. Yeah. Like that's what, that's how I feel like the love story and stuff kind of got in a way sometimes. Is I feel like they could have spent more time, yeah, exploring the possibility of gods or how they're. You know what I mean? Well, like I was thinking, watching too. Maybe we could do like a, a we could do a rival and do like an, an almost double feature because they're always compared a lot. It's like yeah. a rival was like, oh, it's the new contact or whatever. And I can definitely see why. Yeah, it's, it's you know, except she's fucking like an astrophysicist or whatever, mathematician, and they speak through math and citizen. Like it's still very similar, but I'd say Arrival is a lot better. I just think. Yeah, but I you did can enjoy see... that. Uh... What were you saying there? I was just gonna say, but you can you can see how it def. I would say you can still see how Arrival would sort of take some inspiration from Contact or some, you know. Yeah. Just, well, it kind of has to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, like, like I like I did like the whole um, when they discover the signal and they all get to work and everything. Like, there, like there's a lot of good in it. It just it might have been more impressive at the time. It might be more resonant and stuff. Yeah. Um, I liked the whole sequence whenever she goes through the wormhole. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Uh, what I didn't like is after she got through the wormhole, and I know it's supposed to be trying like spacey and one like her on the beach, but those effects look bad. They were bad. They were, but they were, but they were. But I didn't understand. Was like, but compared to the rest of the movie, it's like, what did you just they like run out of budget or something and just fucking yeah, I like don't know. like it was just like shit. Right, we got this one last scene. Just fucking, we can't really afford much. I was like, I know they were trying to make it look kind of. Well, that's like. like it, that was where it got most Robert zemeckis I thought it was like, yeah. uh, these are effects, you're going a bit mad here. Yeah. Well, I am not being six months behind. Fuck this. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I did like that. I did like her going through and then like the kind of, you know, as well, going to get the compass and the floating about and just the visions. And like, I thought it was interesting because I did think it was quite well done and it was kind of tense whenever it's like she's like oh it's shaking and they're like no it's it's fine or it's uh there's no readings here or everything's normal and she's like no it's going nuts i thought that was good i thought that was gonna she keeps saying she's ready to go yeah yeah that's it yeah she's ready to go Mm. yeah and i i like the ending too where it's like the whole idea of faith comes back into it then she can't prove this thing and um yeah and she kind of finds goes, she... it goes back to she at, at the very start when uh, mcconaughey talked about his like spiritual awakening his experience that he couldn't explain but he knew it was real yeah and yeah. then she basically had the same thing but hers really was real <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of like i i felt in a way it was like it it didn't it didn't like it's like this it's a big thing. I remember my dad telling me before that I've said something when I say I'm gonna say that like most scientists don't believe in God. But my dad, who is a scientist that was for many years, went, That's not true. He said it's just the loud ones that don't believe in God. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he was like, because yeah, he always said the doors and plenty of space for both, like, as my dad would be religious, faith, and science. And I felt like I did a fine balance of that, or she's like. So he's the spiritual one, and then she's like, you know, empirical evidence. I'm a scientist, and all the science. By the end, it's not like she couldn't or didn't have to be a scientist, but she's still. You know what I mean? Because she doesn't. She say that in the speech. She's like, I believe in empirical evidence. I believe in you know facts and stuff like this. She's like, but yeah. I know, I know 
that what I experienced, even though there is no evidence, is true. So I like the way that the, that that kind of the way her character arc was wasn't that I was a scientist, but now I understand fate. It's like she, she's still a scientist, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't have to be. It wasn't one or the other. It was both. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, no, it handled it really nicely. Like, yeah, I it could have been that. some. Yeah, it could have been just evolved into some silly debate, but it just kind of presented things nicely. Mm-hmm. Hi, we can also be friends. Rob, 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 Rob Lowe, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wrote that down. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck this one. <laughs> Find a pure religious guy. Yeah, he's like a religious um, politician or something, isn't he? Yeah. He's always playing politician. And um, what do you call him? What do you call a kind of antagonist guy? Oh, James Woods. James Woods, yeah. <laughs> I only know that because he's in, is it The Simpsons or? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I was like. James Woods. <laughs> he's yeah, James. yeah. <laughs> I just, I knew the voice and I was like. That's James Woods, and I only know that that's James Woods because <laughs> of that Simpsons episode. Like, I was like, how do I know this voice? Yeah, he's he's like one of those famous actors that isn't in a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like everyone like knows who he is, but can't couldn't name a movie that he's in. <laughs> Hercules. <laughs> They're apparently doing a live action Hercules. Yeah, didn't they already do that with The Rock? Yeah, I was thinking that too, but they're doing a Disney, re- Disney remake. Yeah. I was like, well, do you know, and apparently it's going to be directed by the Russo Brothers, so I can't wait to see... Oh fucking, yeah, I heard that, that's right. I can't wait to see Chris Hemsworth as Hercules, anyway. <laughs> nah. I'd say nah, that's... Like, they probably won't, but Hercules like... Hercules and Thor. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, that would not be surprised. They like. could do a crossover. <laughs> they actually could. It's both Disney, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, isn't but Hercules is in the Marvel universe, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. Hmm. He's that could be that, that could be fun. Yeah, that, that could be funny. <laughs> I wonder who they get. Like Chris Hemsworth is pretty perfect, but too obvious. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's already being Thor. Like, you can't. Yeah, like, come on, like, just you give somebody else a chance. What was we brother? <laughs> <laughs> Rob McElhenney. That's who you should be. <laughs> that <would> be <laughs> and then fucking, and then the animated one, Danny DeVito was the voice of like his. Uh, yeah, you could go, <laughs> we could, we could, we could go back to. Are we Bring just gonna back. cast? Are we just gonna cast all of it's always sunny in it and just have D as the love interest and Charlie as, as Hades? Just, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> just, just, just get this. <laughs> just get the it's always sunny cast. Oh, no, and then, is it the wee demon things? Yeah, Charlie and Charlie. Dennis is the bicker and demons. Yeah, and the McPoyle would be Hades. <laughs> one of the McPoyles, and. Uh, uh, um, Jimmy Cricket would be God, would be Zeus, because he's a religious man. <laughs> yeah, true enough. <laughs> but yeah, isn't there like a wee, isn't there a wee, There's like a fat demon and a and a thin demon. Yeah, like I fight all the time. Yeah, that's right. I can't remember. Um, there's like a purple, she, a purple, a purple fat demon and a green demon. But they're yeah, like that'd, that'd be they're, Charlie they're like, and Dennis. 
Yeah, but they're like Hades, like um, lackeys or whatever. Lackeys, yeah, they're like the yeah. com. They're like the comedy, probably like the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of them or something. But like the Tomorrow uh, of the world. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. But yeah, that... <laughs> I'm trying to think now. Actually, that now. actor, the McPoyle, he would actually be really good as Hades. He's a pretty good actor. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, I'm trying to find now. I really want to. Oh my god, I want this to exist now. <laughs> just, just, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, Hercules style. It's always sunny in Mount Olympus. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized as well, I didn't, I kind of forgot that um, James Woods is the voice of Hades in the Disney Hercules yeah, that's one. Why, that's why I brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <I>, uh, <laughs> Um, Riptorn. No. Riptorn, he's the guy in uh, Backwards Walk, Backwards Walk. Oh, yeah. Backwards Walk. got figured. Yeah, pretty got figured. <laughs> oh, it's pain, pain and Panic, or Hades Henchman. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can just imagine. Or even, uh... Yeah, no, Dennis and Charlie would be good. Yeah. <laughs> Is one, them, is, is one of them Bobcat Goldthwait? Yeah, it's Bobcat Goldthwait yeah. Gold, Gold and then Matt Frewer. Uh, I don't know. But uh, Bobcat Goldthwait, he did... Um, How do you say get, his name? I have no idea. I, I thought it was like, Gold, like Goldthwait Gold, Gold or something, but I could be completely wrong. But, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he's, if I'm right... Directing, yeah. Did you ever see his movie God Bless America? No, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's it class. Very good. Have you seen his one, um, World's Best Dad? No, Robin Williams and the kid from Spy Kids. No, it's really, really good. It's pretty dark, like, but it's hilarious. Mm. Did you ever see his documentary? The kid, the kid, the kid from um, Spy Kids is just a complete brat, he's such an asshole, like. <laughs> um, his documentary, the one um, on on the uh, Barry Crimmins, "Call Me Lucky." Yeah, fuck, mm. that's such a good documentary. Yeah, it's class. Was I telling you I finally watched um, the uh, Dear Zachary? No. Do you know about that documentary? No. What is it? It's, um, I just knew it as being supposed to be like this really depressing, hard watch. Mm. And basically, um, this, um, this, this guy, uh, was murdered. So his friend starts making a documentary, uh, on his life to give to his son. Okay. But it's also a kind of true crime documentary because they are convinced that, the, they're like pretty much sure that the the person who killed him is the child's mother. Oh right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's fucking, it's heartbreaking. But it's also pretty class. I've, yeah, I've takes- known I've known about it for ages, and I only <laughs> built up the courage to watch it in the last like few months. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, serious stuff. Mm. Yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty heavy kind of log line you give me there, like uh, mm. 
I will say it does have a... Uh, I can't even say it's fully like positive, but it, there's a glimmer of hope at the end, shall we say it? It's not, it's, it's not all tragedy, but yeah, it comes to the end. Well, they probably, they probably just made up that glimmer of hope because they're like, nobody's going to believe this. Uh, <laughs> I'm only joking. I haven't, I haven't seen it, everyone, so I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that. It's more just like... Um, I don't really know how to describe it. Mm. It's more just that they, man, they, man, they managed to maintain a, a positive outcome at the end. A positive out, outlook. Out, outlook, yeah. Yeah. I think that concludes our discussion for this week. Yeah, I think so. We're going to watch Enemy for next week. Yes. And, oh, I was thinking um, we kind of, since we did many worlds this week, we could get into simulation theory, seeing as they're kind of connected. Oh, it's still like, yeah, the Matrix, and we're all going to be living in an uh, augmented or artificial reality, sorry. Yeah. So. Yeah, okay. Sounds good. Um, yeah. Sweet. All right. So, um, thanks for listening to What Are We At? Today's yeah. episode was sponsored by Water. Yeah. Drink uh, up. Drink up. Yeah. Uh, all right. Bye. Bye. Good. Bye. Good. 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 Oh, wait. Good. Uh, actually, I think I'm going to put the outro song this week as the uh, scene as we're talking about that song I wrote. And we're talking about yeah. the live stream. I think I might try and pull that song from the live stream and put it as our outro. Oh, yeah, sweet. So that might be what you're hearing right now. Heartburn, be gone. Biceps, begin. <laughs> I've been eating alone. A little too much to fill a hole. Can stop till I'm done. Fire in my soul My heart burns for you I got into treasure for two My head is aching too But the only cure is you I'm getting sick Tired of being this way, I hope it won't stick. I just wanna feel okay. My heart burns for you. I got indigestion for two. My head is aching too. But I think